0: Like a blue my is like a. blue my like a blue my like
1: And welcome one and all to a very deep blue sea edition of the Founding Critique. I'm Emily, and I'm Christine. Uh, now before because we forgot to do this last week, before we uh, delve into all the other things we have to talk about, Uh, Christine, why don't we tell the fine listeners, uh, we assume they're fine, uh, what
2: it is we're going to be talking about today. Oh, okay. We're going to be talking about two movies that have kind of similar titles.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) By similar, you mean
2: identical, save for a certain article. Except for one word. Um, One of the films we will be covering is The Deep Blue Sea from 2011, Mm -hmm. and another film is Deep Blue Sea. I don't know why I think that's so funny. (laughs) I find it hysterical. (laughs) From night, <laughs>
1: have a special
2: sense of humor. <laughs> From 1999. One of them is a shark movie, and one of them is decidedly shark-free.
1: Now, I am try- I really tried, as I was watching Deep Lucie the other day, to... to Which see one? <laughs> I said D. Hey, Lucie, not
2: D. Oh, am sorry. I didn't realize. Now,
1: listen to me a little bit here. I have to, I have
2: to pay very close attention.
1: Uh, I tried to see if there were any connective
2: threads, such as... Oh, um,
1: a there are. Oh,
2: there are. Ooh, okay, I could... There- think- Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, the first thing, thing—I actually, let's get real. The first thing is they both have members of um, the Avengers cast in them, multiple in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. I, I, that, of course, that's oh. where my brain's going to okay. go first. Okay, I Tom, that. Tom Hiddleston in the Deep Blue Sea is Loki, and then in Deep Blue Sea, you got Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, and um, Stellan Skarsgård who is Eric Selvig. Yeah. I can't yeah. say that right. Um, the other connective thing would be that both films say their titles in them.
1: Yes, they do. And both make the same kind of, um, I believe, make the same uh, analogy, reference, I guess, of where the title comes from. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very yes. true. Very true. Yes. But there was no rap song that connected them. Um...
2: I don't think I mean I didn't watch The Deep Blue Sea All the way t- through The end credits So something might mm-hmm. have Kicked in That's <laughs> at that point.
1: Yeah, Because last- <laughs> I waited for a bit And then I'm like Yeah they're not going To do any wrapping yeah. So I turned it off So good point Maybe we missed it um, Now okay Before we get to those movies We would like to do a few things We like to talk about uh, You know Some uh, last couple movies We've been watching
2: mm-hmm. 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 Do you want to go first This time I went sure, first last feel-
1: time Yeah I feel like I always uh, I, You always I, defer to I, me I, I'm, I'm such a lady What can I say no, i clearly not. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, a couple of movies I watched. Um, one was the movie that I had heard a lot about just in kind of like indie circuits, and I think, oddly enough, in Fangoria, although it's an odd place for it, was the movie Scalene.
2: Oh, I saw you tweeted about this.
1: Yeah, uh, Scalene is like a triangle that is not equal on any side. And I think what um, made me interested in this one was I knew it starred Margot Martindale from Justified. And I don't... Actually, I don't watch Justified. My mother always yells at me for that because she really likes the show. Um, But I really like this actress. She's, like, this kind of chubby woman in her probably 40s, 50s. Just does not look like somebody who who you would see in the movies. But Mm -hmm. she's a fantastic character actress. And I first saw her in Dexter where I just thought she, like, stole...
2: Oh, wait. Who is she in Dexter? She
1: was the... um,
2: like she but, worked in like a Like girls. the file clerk. Yes. That, yes. And yeah, then she's okay, the one I know who wins, exactly yeah. who you mean. In season
1: yeah. two or three, she basically she's getting she has can she's getting cancer. She got yeah. cancer and um been yeah. ask keeps asking Dexter to bring her lime pie and to kill her. Oh, yeah. And she's she was just fantastic in that part and just you know, kind of the and she eventually went on to justify and won an Emmy. So she she's found success now. Uh and she is essentially the lead in this movie. And this is a movie that um the uh, structure of the film is really interesting, really different, and it essentially it begins with a possible attempted sexual assault, um, and you kind of then see the situation through the, because um, the, it's, it's about a young man who is um, brain damaged, mm-hmm. uh, so it, and he attacks his home aid, who's this young college student. So you first see the kind of the events backwards through the mother's point of view. Then you see a little bit through his point of view. And then you see it through the college student's point of view. So it goes from nonlinear to linear to a little surreal. And it's, it's just genuinely different. Like they, um, I don't know, it, 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 it's ambitious and it's not perfect. And that's kind of what's interesting about it is that it doesn't add up. By the end of the movie, you really don't know who to believe and which story was right and, and everything because it's very much just about point of view. All three or, or at least the two characters probably think they did everything right, and you and so it's not. It's almost not even up to you to make a decision. So just a really interesting challenge, I think, to a viewer. So I would highly recommend that one. Hmm. I watched Dick Tracy. Oh, uh, I know it's been going around because that's not now. that's not your first time, right? Oh uh, well, the first time was like in 1992, and I don't okay. seen it since then.
2: <laughs> so that doesn't count then, right? Yeah, well, it
1: doesn't, because, you know, I mean, back then, I I was half the... No, actually, I was the same height, so. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And it it holds up. It's it's really good. It's yeah, really, it is really good. It's really enjoyable. The mu- I mean, it's Sondheim's music, which is awesome. So the songs are great. Uh, and even the score, the score is Danny Elfman, and it's really sad because it made me realize that there was a time when Danny Elfman didn't have to make every score sound the same for Tina. I know, that like, yeah. ding, 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 the yeah, little yeah, tinkling yeah. The noises. Was, yeah, like yeah. that was actually a different score. Madonna's yeah. great. Um, yes, yeah, Every random actor you can name is in it, and they look strange and wonderful. Um, I was trying to figure out if they actually, I know, because Will was also talking about the Gentleman's Guide, and I had the same question about whether or not they put makeup on Henry Silva, or if that was just just him um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's it's definitely it's a fun watch it is a shame that there are no extras on the blu-ray
2: oh there isn't
1: no and why do you think that is I, 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 blah, 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 I don't know but i'm angry about it because clearly it the should movie be that was in development hell for years was very expensive you had you know you could you could have a featurette just on Steven sondheim's uh, music and it would have been mm-hmm. fine Uh, You know what? DVD, on the flip side, did have a lot of extras, Christine.
2: (laughs) Is that going to be Deep Blue Sea?
1: Uh, Deep Blue Sea (laughs) does. Yes, it does. But you know what else does?
2: What else does?
1: Well, it took me three times to find out about this, but that would be a movie called
2: Bratz. Why would that have any extras?
1: Oh, 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 Christine. It had, like, 12 featurettes. It had a casting special. It had deleted scenes. It had, like, 15 deleted scenes. And
2: so would that have made the the runtime of the film like, like four hours?
1: If you would to yeah. add up everything on the yeah. TV. and it had a director commentary track. Oh,
2: who, who directed, directed that?
1: Sean McNamara, the same man who directed Raise Your Voice and Soul Surfer.
2: now it's also the character's name in Nip Tuck. <laughs> I was like, wait, the guy from the actual character from Nip Tuck directed
1: that? Um, the, the, it's almost worth renting, well, no, it's not worth renting, because for me, it took me three times. I had to go through two Netflix discs that were damaged before I got
2: one that wasn't. You you, you know why that is, right? Because who's, who's playing? You're just cracking well. them and keying them. But who's playing with those cars the, the, the cars, those discs. I don't know why I
1: said cars. Um, like kids. You're right. Like a eleven year old girl who's like who's like who just like takes it out of the DVD player and like throws like it at the puts wall. It on cheese whiz and then stuffs it back in. Yeah. yeah
2: like skates around the kitchen on it. But.
1: Well, I'm. I would not be surprised if currently now, if you want Bratz the movie, you can't get it. Now it's got to be a long wait because I've I have knocked down their stash of DVDs by reporting two of them damaged. I mean, one was literally cracked in half.
2: That's crazy. Uh,
1: and the you other know? one was just like you could see fingernails drawn across it, as if somebody was very angry.
2: Um, the place I work at, we get we have a Netflix um, account and we get discs, and so we can swap stuff out that we watch. And um, we got in "What About Bob" the other day, and across the disc in Sharpie, it said "Bad disc, <laughs> all in caps." <yes. laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why are they still sending this out?" Did you try like, it? Did you put it in? Yeah, it's it's it? It, it, yeah it, it played, but like halfway through the middle, it like got stuck and it wouldn't it wouldn't continue. That's a shame. it's so. such a great movie. <clears throat> it is such a great movie. I was really excited. I was like, "Can we like get it back?" And he was like, "No, that's it. It was the a one games. shot."
1: They really should give you an extra rental when that happens.
2: It, that's happened to me a few times. It is it's it's kind of. I mean, they get you out a new disc pretty quick. Yeah, but and they so. do
1: because they do it before you have to return it which uh, is still nice. like it happens to me two times in a row they really at that point they should be giving me flowers and an extra copy they,
2: should, they should just give you your own copy of shred. now speaking of which did you enjoy it enough to own your own copy okay well here's a, let me tell you two things one is
1: that the director commentary brandon made the point it's kind of like watching waiting for guffman because oh. the director is so proud of everything on screen Um, so that made it kind of adorable, because you almost had to like it, because he was just so enthusiastic. The best is when, like, there's one scene where the girl has to go on stage, but she's really nervous, and he's like, so, you know, this was a, you know, just, you have to see how great this young actress is here, because... Um, you know, I mean obviously she can sing and you know she's really good at this, but here she had to pretend to be nervous. I'm watching this, I'm like, dude, that's what you call acting.
2: Yeah, she had to pretend she was nervous. And the
1: other great thing is um, the movie as as many of the movies I tend to watch now do, co stars John Voight. Oh, very nice. Only John Voigt wears a prosthetic nose and fake ears.
2: Oh, well, you know, and, he didn't want him to be
1: right. I guess, but the best thing is that like, there's like Sean McNamara, the, the director, Sean, as I call him, uh, is talking about. The, <laughs> you guys are like really tight now. Or BFFs, 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 because BFF, they say that like ten times in the movie. Um, well, I say that ten times in everyday life. That's so. true. I say it to you. Uh, so <laughs> Sean um, is talking about like John Voight, Like he's like so John Voight, You know, it's it's great working with John Voight. You know, he comes to set and he brings his own ideas. He had rewrites for the script. He, you know, I think this this whole section here, he just improvised. And it's so strange because you could think to yourself, on one hand, I admire that. Because it means even when John Voight is doing Bratz the movie or Karate Dog, he, he cares. And he's really like, he's uh-huh. phoning it in the way so many other actors do. But on the other hand, it's, it takes away the excuse you could have made of John Voight just needed money or John Voight isn't in his right mind anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. you no, know, he chose to do this movie and he chose to invest energy into his performance. So it was all very strange. Um, it's, 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 truth be told, it wasn't as offensive as I figured it would be, because the Bratz Mm -hmm. dolls are obviously so infamous for being this, like, over-sex toy, and the movie does right in not dressing them sexy. Like, I mean, you know, they're wearing skirts and stuff, but it's, they're fairly covered, so that made me happy. Um, and the message is all about friendship and such and such, but of course, Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, the Spanish girl looks, like, whiter than I do. Um, and the way she's, you know, she's Spanish, is in the morning when she goes to school. There's a Mari- mariachi band in her kitchen. <laughs> you think I'm kidding, but I'm not.
2: Oh, it does sound kind of offensive. It's kind of, but
1: yeah, I, think, I guess now, now that I said that, I guess it, it kind of is. Um, yeah, so that was Bratz the movie. I'll have a review up of it in February for um, the short month at my blog. Um, I also watched in preparation for that. I watched Troll, which I hadn't watched in a very long time. <laughs> like the Noah Hathaway troll? The Noah Hathaway, a tra- the Michael Moriarty. I know, I, I Vince, know. I, I,
2: Sonny Bono. What a fucking cast that movie has. I, that's what I'm saying. That movie's...
1: Julie Louis-Dreyfus, like, Sonny Bono, Ju- June Lockhart, and her daughter.
2: Yep. I, I feel like... Let me say this. I feel like that was, like, my Holy Grail movie for a really long time, because for a really long time you couldn't really find that movie. And and that was, like, the movie. I'm like, no fucking Hathaway is in this movie. I have to find this movie. And then it, like, ended up on Instant Watch, and now it's no big thing. And now like, damn it. And now it was people was like, want to talk about that. People just want to talk about Troll 2. I know. It's such a bummer. But in the, the last time I watched it, I was like, wow, they did a really good job casting Young June Lockhart.
1: <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this movie when I was, like, not the first time I saw it, because that's a whole other story. But when I was, like, I don't know, like, 15 or so, and it was on TV one day, and was—and it was a little bit before IMDb was really commonplace, so maybe it was even before that, where, like, I could have just gone and looked it up. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was oh, like, so spoiled now. I'm like, I know who June Lockhart is, but is, is that, like, that's got to be related to her, or did they do, wow, that makeup is really good.
2: Yeah, like, she looks, I, I mean, yeah, we now know why, but... Right. Like when you're just watching it, not really paying attention, I was like, whoa, <laughs> good, good on that casting director.
1: <laughs> um, as a kid, this movie really scared me because the, oh, the, cover, fucking horrifying. the cover art is just terrifying. It's a, it's a troll with a bouncy ball. Uh, and I had, as I've probably said before, as a kid, I was scared. Because I mean, I watched a lot of movies I shouldn't have watched. But the only ones that really scared me were generally ones where there were kids in peril. My mm-hmm. child's play scared me. Cat's eye scared me. And so for Troll, you know, it was about a little girl who was trolled. And I was a little girl, and the idea that I could have been trolled was scary. At any moment, you could have been trolled? At any moment. I had a basement. It could have happened. It could have. Um, but Troll, it, it, it's weird. It's just so weird. It's a bizarre but movie. It's like, it is dark for a kid, but it's goofy. Mm-hmm. So it's not really made as a horror movie. And then you have Michael Moriarty lip singing, which is always... Good. That, that scene is so
2: bizarre.
1: <laughs> it is a really weird movie. And I had forgotten I how it. strange it was. So, again, recommended. It has a reference oh. to the Fairy Queen. Like, is it still
2: on Instant? Did um, you watch it I watched
1: it because it was going off Instant. It went off Instant
2: 1st. Uh, so. Damn it. Yeah, I that's... Know. I would watch it again. I love that. Yeah, something. I
1: would put it on your queue because it could come back. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back on it soon. Um, I'll just breeze through the next, last two I watched. Um, my first Marx Brothers movie, I watched
2: A Night Ooh. at the Opera. <gasps> did you like it? I really did. I'd I've i not seen that, but I'm, I'm I've am I'm seen know. other Marx Brothers movies, and I, I think they're very good, they, <laughs> shockingly yeah. good sometimes.
1: Um, my, my boyfriend's a big fan, and he, he just put it on one night. And at first I was like, God, so Groucho's just an asshole? Like, that's his thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then about, like like uh, like 10 minutes in I'm like okay I'm feeling this like this this is funny stuff and I really enjoyed it um and I will I look forward to watching more so that was good <laughs> and then the last thing I actually um left my apartment got on a subway to a movie theater a theater I walked into a theater I had to walk up an escalator there was Bullshit. popcorn smelling and I sat down and as the previews kept going and going and going, I got really... For like four mom, and a half hours. Yeah. I was so... Because as soon as the previews started, I'm like, man, maybe I should get popcorn. And then I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And then the movie started. I'm like, crap, I'm in here now for two hours and 45 minutes, and I didn't get popcorn. Uh, the movie, by the way, was Lady Miz. I, I,
2: I felt that one coming. What theater did you go to? Uh, I went to
1: AMC 42nd Street. Ooh, if I'm, I'm going to see
2: I know, TV, it's I'm terrible. A
1: three-hour movie. Then I'm gonna go see it um, in stadium seating in a where I know the screen is big and the seats are comfy. Um, and I did a matinee IMAX.
2: We should go to AMC 42nd Street when I come and see you. We can
1: do that. We can do that. I love it. It's um, for, you know for those of you who don't know New York, uh, yeah you know obviously you have a lot of movie theaters. Um, I've said in the Facebook group I have a, I I don't enjoy going out to the movies anymore. It's just so much work to me. Um, so if I'm going, I like to go where I have a nice big screen and the AMC theaters are, it's a huge screen, stadium seating, and it's very comfortable. Um, mm. and it was the the best thing I'll say, one of the things, really respectful audience. It was a Sunday morning, the mat, the quote unquote matinee, which meant it was only $12. Um, <laughs> that was with IMAX. So it was actually, cause it, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you do the, um, matinee, uh, I think it's actually like six, seven bucks now. It, at that it's point. not much
2: cheaper here, so. Yeah, I mean, mean, typically,
1: if I went at night, it would have been, you know, 15 bucks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, went to see <laughs> Les Um I'm a fan of the musical, even though, I I mean, I can look at the musical objectively and say it, it's it's kind of, not out of date, but it's it was really exciting at the time, and now it, it's kind of overwrought and everything else. At the same time, I have lived with that CD. I know, I know the score, I could sing along with it. Um, all of the things you've heard about it are pretty much true.
2: I haven't heard anything, okay. so... Okay. Well, just, like, general
1: consensus is <laughs> Anne Hathaway is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hooper needs to, uh, not film every single actor in extremely close-up. And Russell Crowe should not have been in that movie.
2: Really? Aww.
1: I like that. How was how Amanda Seyfried? She was okay. Uh, I love she, that. Has the, she has the worst part in the, in the show, which is... Oh, always been the case it is the dullest part um, and so all she gets to do is sing really high and she's fine I really like her as an actress I think she's she has a, like she, she's got that thing that I always like her and feel bad for her in movies um, like when she cried like I saw when I, I saw at Mia some time ago uh, and I, I the movie is awful but I loved her in it
2: yeah I'm I feel like, exactly the same way yeah, that like movie embarrassed me I loved her
1: in that like I cried when she cried in that movie even though I knew it was shit <laughs> Um but so she's okay. Like she's fine, but she really ha- doesn't have much to do. Uh Anne Hathaway is fantastic. And the other person that really surprised me was um Eddie Redmayne? Remain? I, Eddie
2: Redmayne? I do he not know. He was
1: apparently in My Week with Marilyn.
2: Was he the dude in My Week with Marilyn? <laughs> Maybe.
1: I mean dude. I still have I still haven't seen I that have movie, no but I kinda know who's in, who's in it. Uh he's been in a few other things of note. Oh, he was in um Black Death, the uh Christopher Smith movie. If you
2: saw he, that, with he, I think I just, he was a ha- young
1: guy in it.
2: Okay, yeah, I do. I kind of vaguely know who that is. I haven't seen that movie.
1: He, so. he, other than Anne Hathaway, he, I think he's the only one that nailed singing and acting. Because um, mm. he just, because uh, he also has the, the love interest of Amanda Seyfried, which is usually the dullest part in the, in the show. And it's, you know, it's the romantic hero, so his songs are not as good. He gets an 11th hour number when you just want the show to end. Um, But he was fantastic, where A, he can sing wonderfully, um, but also, like Anne Hathaway, he is acting when he's singing in a way that you can connect to and care about and everything else. So he was easily, like, the most pleasant surprise about that for me was um, walking away and being like, wow, he was really good. And I, I did not expect that. Um, so, I mean, if you don't, if you hate the show and have, like, Venom for musicals, you're not going to like it. If you really like musicals, you will probably love it. Um, although, unless you're very snobbish about it, and then you're going to be very angry by things like Russell Crowe not belonging in the same movie. Uh, so it's one of those, <clears throat> you go see it in a theater, and you have the big around sound, and it's a big ol' epic movie. Uh, but I would not recommend it to people that are hesitant about it.
2: I will see it on DVD. Yeah, that's what I would say to do. Uh, so, what did you watch? Um, well, I I'll try to go through these quick too. I I watched Starter for Ten, which is um, in my never ending quest to see every James McAvoy movie. It was request. Reco- <laughs> it was request. It was requested. What's wrong with me tonight? It was. <laughs> what's that word? Um, recommended. <laughs> that's the word. It was recommended. Yeah. Um. In the Facebook group, and I immediately bumped it to the top of my queue, and it was cute. It was, um, like, a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm finding that I really don't like young, and by young, I mean, like, late 20s James McAvoy. I like him a little he's, He was born in, oh, I think he's three or four years older than us, so okay. he's, like, 33, 34. Okay. Um, but he has that, like, like that fluffy hair and that sweet little baby face, okay. and it's cute, but, like, I feel like the the roles that he was getting were, like, really, like... Ugh, roles. Yeah, and I get and he but... And, like, as we've seen with Atonement, he can he fucking can act his ass off, and this hes like, really kind of... Like, he does well in these movies, and he actually elevates a lot of them, but it, it's, like, to see now, I feel like he's getting more serious roles or taking on more serious roles maybe it's a personal choice um but i prefer him much more when, well, when he's like doing the stuff that. DiCaprio, uh, yes, quind- quind- exactly quind- like that uh yes it's exactly
1: like that They just called it a
2: conundrum like quadri- <laughs>
1: quadri- <laughs> no it's a conundrum it's a conundrum yeah it's the same like those a lot of those baby-faced actors just yes. kind of grow into there because they they work as really young guys like like dicaprio certainly did mm-hmm. and then when they're in their like early adult years they just are re- never believable as adults. Yeah. So once they kind of hit that like 35 age point, yeah.
2: yeah. So I'm excited about if you look at his IMDb there's some interesting stuff coming out this year, so I'm I'm excited. Um I like when actors I like um take interesting roles because oh, yeah. it's always thrilling to see what they're going to do. I watched um Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. Oh, okay. What'd you think? I still haven't seen it. Um, I don't really like the story. Okay. Like I don't like Pride and Prejudice. Um, but I really, I like. Of course, it was beautiful. I mean. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <duh>. and <laughs> Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley was great, and um, Carrie Mulligan is in it. And okay. I know. You, and I, I, feel like I knew you, that because you told me I that. But I, I was like. Because I think they met there. That's yeah, and but you said, they they said came, that they were friends. In part, how they yeah. became friends. would never let me go. And, um, and Jenna Malone, yeah. Okay. That's, who I always confuse with Tina Margarino. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, she got Jenna Malone,
1: but they both did similar. They both did similar movies, I think, with Wee Goldberg in the
2: early '90s. okay. All right, there you go. Well, was one of them Karina Karina? One of them
1: was Karina Karina,
2: and the okay, other one. So not Karina Karina. Jenna Malone is not Karina Karina. Um, I don't she remember was in,
1: which is which. They're both brunettes.
2: She was in Donnie Arco.
1: And Tina Marjorino was in Napoleon Dynamite. See, like, the movie was in in Donnie Darko, which are kind of similar movies in some ways.
2: (laughs) Okay, I don't don't know what version of Napoleon Dynamite you've been watching. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, Pride and Prejudice, the one dude whose name I don't know, I mean, I'm not going to look it up, um, is in... Is it Hugh Dancy? For, no, um, Death at a Funeral. He's in Death at a Funeral, the actual, the the original... Yeah, the original one. And I love him, and he was really good in this. Um, I saw, oh, I saw, I rewatched Kill Bill. Okay. I, do, I don't know, I, I do this a lot. I've, I've seen Kill Bill Volume 1, like, 800 times, because I always go to watch them both, and then I never watch the second one. Hmm. And that happened again. I was like, I'm going to do a double feature, Kill Bill, and Kill Bill 2, and then nothing. I didn't watch it. Um, but I really like that movie a lot. Now, do you prefer Kill Bill to Volume 2? I No, I think I prefer Volume 2, but I don't know because I, I swear the ratio is, like, really off. I've seen the first one three times more than I've seen the second one. I need to just start the second one one day and just stop trying to do this double feature bullshit because I always just, like, get tired or but wander are you, away. are you
1: trying to see how they line up together or no? I just want to watch them both at the same time. <laughs> Why don't you put one on your computer and one on your TV and just watch them at this, the same time?
2: Like, like, um, like, <laughs> put on The Wizard of Oz and... Yes, and exactly yeah, exactly that. No, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But, yeah, I really like that movie and I like Lucy Liu. That's basically it. Um, I watched Premium Rush. Oh, Which is the that Joseph Corden-Levitt, Michael um, Shannon joint.
1: It's been heavily recommended to me due to my Michael Shannon... Uh,
2: Dude, he's loves. so fucking good in it. Yeah, whatever, he's fucking good in what everything he fuck? does. He's so... that You put anybody else in that thankless role and it would have been forgettable or ridiculous. He's so good in it. Like, I can't... There are no words, no words. He stole that fucking movie. Yeah,
1: that's why uh, I want to watch
2: Yes, you should watch it. I really, eh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he doesn't get me to, see, that's the thing. Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't sell me on this movie, Michael Shannon. Joseph Gordon-Levitt
1: is going to have that same um, young man's curse thing, I think. Yeah. He also is still, you know, I mean, and he's he's young now, but I, I think maybe it's just a skinny dude thing maybe Any dudes yeah. that are always going to have that awkward those awkward years.
2: No, but he I mean, he was in that one Inception and like what he doing fine for himself. I, and I really like
1: <laughs> I really like him. I I really respect how he's managed to um develop his career as he did because I mean, he was a child actor. Ugh, <laughs> Halloween oh, I'm like, man. Halloween H2O, word. That's right. Fucking like favorite role.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. And well, that's not the first time this I know this will come up again. It really will um i don't know why i have no opinion of him i should i feel like i should like either dislike him or love him i just he's just there he I doesn't
1: I, I, he's not attractive to me oh no, I, I wasn't even talking looks oh, wise i just not figured a, that would eventually happen
2: sorry <laughs> um, mean me
1: too uh, i'm you know I'm, I'm always i'm always waiting for all of these celebrities to eventually ask me what i think of their looks
2: <laughs> Michael Shannon, I think Michael Shannon's way better looking
1: than oh god, I, I find Michael Shannon incredibly sexy. Oh god, let's not
2: even talk about that. I have, no,
1: no, no, Brandon's well aware of that, and I, I have the whole rationale for it, which is if Michael Shannon ever deemed me worthy of him, I would have to marry him, because Michael Shannon is a scary dude, and mm-hmm. so if I said no, I would be concerned for what he would do, you know? So- that's the reason? Yeah, I'm protecting It It's not about me.
2: Can I use that reasoning with Fassbender, too? Because people seem to think he's, like, a scary-looking guy. Is
1: he scary? Well,
2: I mean, I guess he could be tough. Hmm. I'll use that rationale. It's for your own benefit, sweetie. You know, it
1: works. That's why you can only... But as a result, like, if you said that about Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it wouldn't be as believable. Don't so worry, it be like, I won't no, say I, I could break him. He weighs less <laughs> than me.
2: <laughs> um, I speaking of handsome men. I watched The Ninth Configuration. Oh, have you seen oh, The no, Ninth Configuration? No,
1: no, no. no, I really, really want to because The Exorcist <laughs> Three is one of my favorite movies.
2: Oh, the fuck You need to watch it. I
1: know it's not on. Um, inst- it's on. No, Netflix. I
2: actually own it on like one of those bizarre four packs of discs. I
1: was gonna say it's in some random place, but I don't think it's. Um. Um. Is it on Netflix for a while? It just wasn't there.
2: I have no idea. I bought this four pack of discs because it had Dead Calm on it. And I really like Billy Zane. And, um... God, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, he's so good in that movie, too. I know. I was like, oh, my God, Knife Configuration is on here, too. I had no idea I even had it. And then it took me, like, 20 minutes to figure out I had to flip the disc upside down. <laughs> yeah, no, but, it's, it's only a save on Netflix. Hmm. I, I I will mail it to you. Um, Stacy Keach. holy fucking shit. I love Stacy Keach. Like, love, 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 love him. And he's so good in this movie. This, it's... It's... It's a fabulous fan. Everybody says it's fantastic. It's beyond fantastic. It's, yeah,
1: it's been on my like, to watch pile forever list forever.
2: Not pile. Ugh, I don't own it. So good, so good. I watched it. Have you I think seen years. No, I haven't. Oh God, I want you to
1: watch that. Um, that is one of my favorite horror movies. Hmm. Really? A mess. It's a messy movie, but it just. So <laughs> it's sold. So it's, it's, it's it's William Peter Blatty. It's um, you yeah. know, him making it out of his own novel, and Ninth Configuration. I think is just it's in. I don't think it was based on a novel.
2: No, it was based on some writing. um, But I don't don't know if it was a full novel or a short story. I don't have that information in front of me. But yeah, it was his that he um, adapted. It was so good. Holy mackerel. Loved it. Um, The last movie I watched of 2012 was Cosmopolis. Oh, okay. Which I liked. Um, I can see why people wouldn't like it. It's... I guess it's kind of pretentious. Sure. (laughs) Um, But, you know, whatever. It doesn't really have like a standard narrative um Robert Pattinson's amazing in it because he's a good actor um I just really liked it and it was a little meandering but um and that's also based on I believe a novel that I would yeah. like to read because uh, I think it might translate better like that I could
1: say that My be on Cronenberg films it's the same as the Coen Brothers films I almost wish I could watch them for the first time for the second time I wish there was some way to skip my first viewing of them because I always form a better opinion the second time around. And typically it's that I'm not crazy about them on the first watch and then the second watch I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Or, oh, no, that is funny. Or, oh, okay. And I felt like that with almost every one of both of their films. Um, And that's kind of what it seems like with um, the way people talked about Cosmopolis is the same way they talked about Spider and Videodrome and Mm -hmm, every mm -hmm. other Cronenberg (laughs) film when it came out. Cronenberg was rarely. Only recently has he gotten good reviews. With as he's released films um, in the '90s, you had you know he would do a film that people would kind of be afraid to talk about, and then ten years later they would declare it a classic. Yeah, and it makes me wonder with Cos- *Cosmopolis*, which I have not seen, if it's if it's the same kind of thing where it eh, just takes time to kind of hit you or whatnot.
2: It's definitely interesting. Um, I like. I did like it. I fell on the. We'll watch it again because I was intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are people that are absolutely loathed it, which, I, again, I get I get it because, sure. it, like I said, it borders a bit on the pretentious at times. Um, I watched Columbiana because okay. my Netflix queue, I guess, like, I wasn't paying attention, and then all of a sudden that was the disc that was coming, and I was like, fuck, I don't want to watch <laughs> Columbiana. But I watched it. It was meh. I mean, it is what it is. The dude from Never Been Kissed is in it, so, I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, i i watched kiss kiss bang bang okay Robert which Gaines. which was so good yes um val kilmer holy oh crap goodness. sometimes i forget that val kilmer is awesome and then i watch oh, something and i'm awesome. like i'm like oh my god he's so awesome um i have to decide which is going to be my instant watch uh, recommend hmm. um so i watched bernie it's on instant oh, watch that's
1: the jack black one
2: yes um dylan is the one who who like kept pushing he's like you really need to see this you really like it it's like a faux documentary okay and it's filmed like 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 a document obviously it's not but it's filmed like a documentary with like the talking heads and the interviews and it's just really really well acted all the way around um jack black's amazing in it another person who, who who can act like he's he is a good actor he can do it let him do it. It's hard for me to... Because,
1: I mean, I, I still like him when he's doing his funny stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's hard for me to ever believe that because of King Kong. I liked him in King Kong. I like King Kong. Oh, God. We won't talk about this.
2: <laughs> oh, Adrian Brody's so good in King Kong. In um, the last film I watched... I noticed how um, I got at that. I know you didn't say anything, and I took your cue and moved forward. Um... Then the last film that I watched is called Reykjavik. I believe I'm saying that right. Rotterdam. Um, It is Icelandic. Mm -hmm. And it is the movie that is Contraband. It is Contraband. Mark Wahlberg's Contraband. Um, This is on Instant Watch. And I was like, I would really like to watch a semi-new foreign film. So I put it on. And then 25 minutes in, I'm like, is this Contraband? (laughs) Because I saw Contraband and I didn't like it at all. And it is. It's like... That's what that movie was based on. So this one is way better. So if you had any, any interest in seeing Contraband, just watch this instead. Because it makes so much more sense. Even though it's not in English. <laughs> but it's, I, I had a good time with it. I liked it. So.
1: That's all that really matters. Yes. Um, okay, so is that, is that everything? That is everything. Now, um, the Oscar nomination are announced
2: tomorrow. C. Do you care? That's a big question. Um do I care? I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um I'm curious to see what'll get nominated. Sure. Um will it impact or affect my viewing? Probably not.
1: Do you have any horses in the race that you really want to see get nominated? I don't
2: who do you, who do you I don't even know what do you, what is even going on. Like <laughs> That's the thing
1: is I Because I mean, I have seen so few movies this year, especially movies that are are Oscar contenders. That's what I'm
2: saying. I've seen.
1: If I had to make a list of the movies I saw in a theater that could qualify for the Oscars, it would mean like uh, Daniel Radcliffe for The Woman in Black, because that's not what I've seen.
2: I've not seen anything like Oscar. Yeah, Lame Is is the only one, I think. Oscar Beatty. I hate to say that. I mean, wait, no. With Tinker Taylor, or is that last year? year, Yeah. I saw that in the theater in 2012, oh, though. Oh, it? I don't pay attention.
1: The only way it affects me is um, usually we have an Oscar party, one way or another. Either I have, I know, them I've been to one. Them. You, you have been to them, that's right. Uh, so, and mean, it makes me, it, I do like to try to see the Best Picture nominees just to have an opinion mm. <laughs> and to, to know what I'm talking about when I insult something because otherwise I wouldn't insult it. Uh, like last year, I, would, I said nothing about the help until I saw it. And then I saw it, and I was able to say, oh, the help, that's the movie where the woman eats a pie made of poop, right? Yes, and it was. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any passion for it right now. I'm just kind of looking forward to things being nominated so that I can then uh, then decide what to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've got you know. There's people I I'll be happy to see get nominations if they do. Like who's even a possibility? Um, well, like the uh, the big ones that they talk about now would be that Les is Link, and everybody in it. Or not everybody. Not really, just Anne Hathaway probably. Uh, Lincoln and everybody in it.
2: Mm, still haven't seen that. I would watch it. and yeah, not avoiding it or anything. Watch, uh, Silver Linings Playbook has a which I'm so pissed. I still haven't seen. but That's, I, I, that's one about that it.
1: I do really want to see. Um, I didn't like the fighter, but I have liked David O. Russell's other stuff, and I love Jennifer Lawrence, so...
2: Yes, I like Bradley Cooper, too. I mean...
1: I don't have anything against him.
2: I think he's good. I mean, they usually cast him in a way that you hate him, right. but that's he not, not his plays fault. A
1: douche really well. yeah. um, not his- I guess what are the other big ones up there uh there's uh, there michael haneke has a a good shot at getting stuff more and that's one that i would really like to see even though it'll probably make me feel really depressed because that's how how these films usually make me feel yep um yeah i I will find out what about hitchcock is that a thing oh not anymore
2: i want to like that
1: (laughs) nominations because that because like the golden globe nominations they make before they actually see stuff sometimes i think (sighs) uh but hitchcock for a while it was like oscar bait but i think it's gotten reviews so terribly that it's yeah.
2: yeah, I don't really stay current on things like this, so I don't know what people, I know my opinions and, like, like the ten people I interact with on Facebook, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know anybody else's opinions on anything.
1: Well, in 12-ish hours, we will find these answers. I'll try
2: to pay attention once they do it. Yeah,
1: it's always interesting to me, and I, I like the pageantry of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. People like us and I get to make fun of
2: them. It's all good.
1: Uh, all right, so why don't we take a break?
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: Christine, what do you want to talk about first?
2: Should we go? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have a lot to say about one movie and you're going to have a lot to say about another movie. <laughs> right. Can you guess which?
1: You don't know that. I, mean, uh, I have an awful lot to say about how beautifully Rachel Vice smokes a cigarette. Oh, she does. I, don't, I, I really don't care which Bobby, one. I kind of
2: want to start smoking. You know, I've I been watching a lot of movies that make me want to start smoking. Lately. Watch Mad Men, whatever you do. That, that movie makes me want to be... I, I mean, that show makes me want to be an alcoholic. Oh, it really does. does.
1: There are so many times at work, and I made a mistake of saying this out loud once at work, where I just really, like, am at work, and I'm like, why? Why can't I just have a Manhattan right now? Exactly. And it would just make so much sense, but no. Seems reasonable. Um, all right, so we'll take a break, and we'll come back and talk about The
0: Oh, fun. I Ariel, mean, listen to me. It's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream of about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you. What more is you looking for under the sea?
1: We are back to talk about the movie where Rachel Weisz fights sharks. And the sharks are depression. <laughs> oh my god! What? I think you broke me! Is that a good synopsis
2: of the film? That was so funny! Like, I can't laugh hard enough to express. Oh my god, this has a 6.2 rating on IMDb? That's bullshit. It seems
1: low, yeah. It seems very Small low. alert. That's- bullshit. <laughs> Um, Oh, speaking of Oscars, she does have a chance for this movie.
2: She fucking.
1: This movie was two thousand. Either this or The
2: Bourne Legacy, right? Am I right?
1: Obviously. Or Dream House. I always attempt to catch myself because I never know if it's Dream House. Was she in that? Yeah, I think that's where she met Daniel Craig, and then married him. Oh wait, they're married. Yes. (laughs) It's yeah. Yes, she used to be married to Darren Aronofsky. They are no longer married. She's now married to Daniel Craig.
2: That's cool. I mean, I know Daniel Craig's in that movie. That's the movie that made me not watch trailers anymore because I wanted to see it and then I saw that trailer and I was like, I'm never seeing this movie because you just told me what happens
1: to that. See, the funny thing is, I still haven't seen that movie, nor did I ever watch the trailer with the sound on. Like, I've still, I saw that trailer when I had, like, the TV on mute. Um, so I still don't know what the twist is that the trailer revealed. But I Bullshit. still haven't seen the movie, so I almost like the, has to see how long I can go on without knowing the ending.
2: Wait, uh, I didn't know she, she was married to Dan Craig. That's nice for them. I know, they're
1: going to have some sexy kids.
2: Good for them. Right? I um, love them.
1: So yeah, this is, and she does have a chance at Nassica's nomination for this. I don't know so much anymore because I feel like she didn't get some of the other big awards that would propel mm. her, but we'll find out again soon. So you mm. picked me. Um, kind, <laughs> i kind of. I'm kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I'll synopsize it.
2: Sure. I think you just did, though. I mean,
1: I pretty much Let's did. Let's be real. Um, we could also say Rachel Weiss. It's nineteen. It's 1950s London. And Rachel Weiss is a um, married to a a judge, uh, who she does not really love. He's much older, and so she starts having an affair with a younger man, uh, who is a veteran of the war and is himself a little, you know, a little, a little stressed from it and everything. Drinks a lot, uh, and it's kind of about her not being able to be happy, and then getting eaten by a shark.
2: Yes, spoiler twist. Spoiler alert! It ends with sharks. It's the M Night Shyamalan twist ending. <laughs> Now, um, can I ask you a stupid question? Of and pardon my ignorance. Favorite question. Also, pardon pardon my constant calling back of this topic. Um, is this the same time period as Atonement? Mm, <laughs> it's a little no. later, right?
1: It's after. Because Atonement yeah. is.
2: Atonement's earlier. That, atonement. The second I said it out loud, I knew. <laughs> atonement is set at, during World War II. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I think I'm starting
1: to block it out
2: um It reminded me of it a lot.
1: Oh yeah, because yeah, you're uh, also in London. You're in England. Yeah. Uh, with the same type of class, like it's kind of upper middle class. Mm, so yeah. styles are even kind of the same. The way they speak, the way they smoke. It's mm. all you know. Their mannerisms are. It's it's very similar, and it it would easily could make a double bill with that just as well.
2: If you wanted to, I mean, curl you know, yourself you know, off a bridge.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's honestly better paired with the shark movie, though, in my opinion.
2: I agree. Hmm. Yeah. I actually took notes on this, Ooh. which is, like, bizarre for me. All
1: right, take uh, it away, girl.
2: Well, no, I just, they're just, like, thinking and stuff. Um, this <laughs> this little jots. So this movie is basically, and I don't know if you, you would agree with this, this basically is about Rachel Weisz's character, oh, Hester. Yes. Well, yes. The whole movie is just her. Everybody she's else that, every, I believe she is in every scene. I believe she is, too. It's yeah. basically just the two other men, um, Freddie, who's Tom Hiddleston, and her husband, um, Bill, right? William I and mean, Bill, William, yeah. William, mean, okay, Bill. Um, basically, coming in and out of her life, coming and going. Um, so it, the whole the whole plot kind of does revolve around her happiness or her her basic inability to be yes. happy. Um, and I think that's what's really interesting about this film because it is it is definitely a character study. Yeah.
1: Well, there's. Um one of, there's a couple of really great standout lines in the movie. And the one, that I she have two written down too. Yeah. The one that she, you might have this one too. She says early on when, um, her, cause she's left her husband for the younger man. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, as good as Rachel Vice is, is, I think one of the best things about the movie is how they're the men, the two men in her life are drawn really well and they're not villains. They're not bad guys. Um, they're just two men who are in the wrong situation kind of with the wrong woman in a way. And she's having a conversation with Bill, her husband, who himself he is still in love with her. He has been really hurt by her, but still really cares about her. And in an early scene, he says some really awful things, and so you think like, "Oh, he's an ass. He's going to be the mm-hmm. jerk in the story." But he's not. He comes back and you know, kind of says what how any man would probably act in that situation. Um, but you know, when he kind of asks her. He kind of says, like, you know, you're, you're, I can see you're miserable. So this is a tragedy. And she says, no, tragedy is too big a word. It's sad. Because that's what she is. She knows that, that um, you know, the, the country is still recovering from, from war. There are still, you know, people around with PTSD and uh, without limbs. And she knows that she ha- almost has no right to be so unhappy. And that her inability, like you said, her inability to be happy is not it's no one's fault it's not an issue that should really concern anybody else it's just her own thing and it's re, it is really sad but it's it's almost like she's so she's very aware that um, this is her problem and even more aware in a very sad way that
2: there's kind of no way to solve it hmm. i think that's what's so endearing about her character is because at no point does she make her problem somebody else's right. problem she does not blame i mean anyone <laughs> She does attempt suicide, which is not, uh, it, like, it's it happens so early right. that I don't really think that that's a big plot point to give away. Um, and, I mean, that can be argued that that's pretty, a pretty selfish act, and Freddy reacts very, um, like, negatively to it. Um, but she, and I think, again, to the credit of the character, the way that all the characters, I don't like the Freddy character. I have a big problem with him. Mm-hmm. I If anybody is a quote-unquote villain, it would be him. I, I just, he's just such a child. What did I write? Um, uh, tr- 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 uh, basically, yeah, I basically just wrote that he was a child. He's just very immature, and he he is a child. And he has his own issues, and I get that. But the way he handles situations is just so ridiculous that, <laughs> like, I couldn't <laughs> help but kind of hold it against him because and in, 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 in then you have in stark contrast and this I guess would probably have to do a lot with their ages her husband just doesn't he doesn't he, he knows that it's not the end of the world he wants to be with her and he loves her so he he just handles the situation a lot with a lot more integrity and ugh. but I but I, I think Tom Hiddleston does an amazing job in this
1: it's, it's a hard role because he's he's unlikable, certainly. We're not supposed to be on his side. Um, but I don't, I don't know, I don't, I feel like the movie does a good enough job of showing he, he knew, he wasn't getting into the same thing she was. Against. Oh, correct. You know, he's young, he's a little younger than her, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's obviously very boyish and such. But he also is has his own demons. He's he's got PTSD. He's still reeling from being a fighter pilot. And that I mean that affects him a lot. But also he you get the feeling that you know he never said to her, Leave your husband for me. Exactly. She jumped ship. Yeah.
2: And he he even says it, and I but have this says, slide yeah, written it. down. Um, marry the, the first
1: guy who asked for, you and, and then in love with the
2: first first guy who gave her the eye. Exactly. Yeah. So she clearly has her own issues that she you know, it, she, it was a grass is greener situation for her. She felt wanted and she was I mean, excited I mean, again and I mean, she took off.
1: What's interesting too is
2: it still is greener to
1: her. Because, mm-hmm. at you know, at a certain point in the movie, her husband says, like, come back to me. I, I love you. I don't care a- about anything you've done or even knowing that you don't love me. I, you know, live with me. I will make you happy. And she knows that that's not going to make her happy. Because even though she knows, and this is this, this essentially the um, main issue with the movie is she loves someone more than he loves her. You know, she loves, I'm just going to call him Loki because I can't remember his character's name.
2: Um, <laughs> she, you call him
1: She loves Loki uh, more than he is capable of loving her. And she, she realizes this and he knows this. And she, she knows that she would still rather have that or be able to feel that than get, kind of giving up and going back to a man who she doesn't love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when we're talking about this movie. It's probably sounding, especially anybody listening to this, is like, "What are they going to talk about the sharks?" <laughs> um, it's it's Soon. it really sound like a very kind of like, "Oh God, it's just about this love triangle and da da da." But it it doesn't feel, and it at times feel like a very stiff, you know, uh, British movie about marriage and the middle class. But I don't think, but
2: it's not. Would you agree? No, I don't. I don't think it is um, because. <sighs> because like like it is it is about the Hester character. It's not about the the, the love triangle. It's about mm-hmm. her and and she a, I mean,
1: depression in a way exactly.
2: And, and she I mean the way it ends it ends so hopefully and it ends in the best case scenario. Like, right? She she ends up with nobody. Right. And she, that's the
1: best thing for her. Exactly. Because she's, and you know, probably one of those women who is never with nobody. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, like, typical age-old, I need to work on me before I can be with someone. But it's, it's really super true. true. <laughs> yeah. In this case, yes. it's very true. Um. Yeah, so it's, and it's, uh, it's also somewhat of a, I, I mean, I would never call it a war movie, mm. but the war is very felt in this movie. And the after yeah. effects of it are. So it is. Um, you know, it's about England and Europe post-World War II, just as much as it is about a woman in love, you know, with the wrong man kind of thing. Um, there are some fantastic, se- there's, you know, the one pr- probably very memorable se- sequence, because uh, the movie's structure is also really interesting. It's kind of one day of, of her life, but there <laughs> it starts off with a couple of flashbacks. And then, for the most part, it's really this one day with sort of side stories of other things happening mm-hmm. that have happened to her, including this one beautifully shot um, sequence where you kind of flashback to during the war when I guess there were you know bombs Ugh, and such.
2: Yes, and that's Hello Atonement. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. God, I fucking was getting.
1: Have, um, I was getting flashbacks. Oh, during I, yeah, I children. <laughs> where uh, you have it starts off in a subway. With, like, people huddled down the subway singing the song Molly Malone, which you've heard before. It's one of those, like, Irishy English hymns that they sing in bars. And it kind of, the camera moves down, and it's just showing, like, all these, you know, British people huddled underground as there's bombs going up above them. And it's this beautiful haunting sequence that, you know, kind of widens out this movie in a way and makes it, it's just, it's still about Hester and, and everything, but it, it, you know, it makes it something more i think
2: mm-hmm. and the more i think about it the more i think it's unfair to say that Freddy's a villain he's not a villain he's got his own shit going on and i just thought of that scene where we're talking like about scene no not even the about no the the talking about jack and, and jill do you remember that yes. and he yells well jack never asked to be loved <laughs> and i was like that's true. She, she she is just so willing to pour all this love at him, and imagine he doesn't, it's not what he, he's not in the right place to accept it. Right. So it's just, as, yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be so hard on him. Well, I, mean, I can't yeah. help it, though.
1: <laughs> I mean, he tried to destroy the world and Asgard. Oh, that son of a bitch. Do not even get me started about Loki. We will never stop. I still haven't seen the Avengers, by the way. Yeah.
2: We can watch it
1: when I come see you. Oh, we can. <laughs> um, yeah. The so there's also this wonderful through line, which I'm sure you wrote this line down, because again, this is a three-person play in a lot of ways, and I think it was based on a play, but I don't know that it's three people. Um, but you do have a couple of other characters, including Hester's landlord, landlady. <gasps> yes. Yeah. And so at one point, Hester sees her landlady caring for her husband, who is you know, bedridden, probably has dementia uh, and she just kind of comforting him and she then delivers to Hester like, great, greatest line about love ever, I've heard which is, real love is wiping someone's ass, arse or cleaning the sheets when they've wet themselves. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, exactly. Like, and that I think was, because um, that's something that I always come back to in movies and TV shows that always bugs me is when they portray love as this awful, painful thing Um, which is what cracks me up about the Twilight movies. I don't understand the Twilight movies for several reasons, including... Why is it so miserable to be in love? Well, because she's in
2: love with a vampire. Like, the
1: love in those movies (laughs) is all about, I'm in love with somebody, and therefore I am the most unhappy person, happiest person in the world because of it. Like, no, that's not what love. love is supposed to be about, like, being happy with someone, and, you know, they make you feel good, you make them feel good, and all these, like, great things and stuff. And you, like, so often in movies, it's not about that. It's like, no, love is about somebody who makes you miserable and, you know, you can't have them, but you still want them. And mm-hmm. so I loved just that, like, you no, know, like, fuck with the passion, fuck all, like, the money, anything. No, love is about, your, you know, when this person is in a bed and can't get up to the bathroom, I am going to clean their ass. Like-
2: and, she, and she says, too, I can't remember her exact wording, but, like, um, in, not, me, in, not making them lose their self-respect. Okay. For it yeah. so, like, I can't remember exactly her wording, but that yeah, that whole scene was. I, the first time I watched it, I was I was like, it really stood out to me because I felt like it it didn't fit. But then second time, I was like, it was it. it, it I felt like it kind of just integrated perfectly, and it really it was almost exactly what to make Hester's choices believable. It's almost exactly what had to happen. Yeah, to because she needed to For hear something it to, to make
1: her let go in a way. Yeah, and she was, still. Yeah, it's her knowing that. Okay,
2: and her letting go was not. And I, 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 I swore to myself I wouldn't bring my 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 own personal shit into this movie. But the Hester character, I feel a lot of kinship with, and I think that's why I'm so willing to make Freddie the villain because I don't okay. want her to be vilified at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I should not willingly give freddy up she kind of did but he he got a job and he was leaving he yes. was out of there and in that fucking last scene she with him she's like don't leave you can't leave me here tonight like and he stays and she's like shining his shoes and shit like to the to the bitter end she does not want him to leave that's mm-hmm. what she chooses to do after that defines the character right right but right. still up until that moment she didn't want him to go and i thought that was fucking amazing yep Yep. I thought it was great, and then there was the other line. Um, oh, I know my favorite, my my real favorite line, my favorite exchange of this movie easily. <laughs> oh, was it was it not was it in the um, the gallery <laughs> or the museum wherever they were? Yeah, Where that was are you fucking going For the impressionists, that's that whole scene is so good. I love when he yells. I love when he yells when he's Loki. I love when he yells. <laughs> just all the time he's such a good yeller but um the i can't find it this is what this is why i don't take notes because i can't find what i wrote oh when she's when he comes in she's the reason why she is going to kill herself is because he misses her birthday right and she he walks in and she's just standing at the window smoking and he says you haven't looked at me since i walked in and she says i know what you look like (laughs) oh that's so awesome it was that like, very much a
1: couple's thing
2: too, and guess. it was such like a, like with such a droll delivery. Like I know what you look like. Like not mean, not biting. It was just like matter of fact. I fucking love that line. <sighs> someday I'll use it on Sunday. <laughs>
1: Next time Dylan forgets your birthday,
2: you're like I know what you look like. You'll be like what? I didn't say anything.
1: What, what are you talking to?
2: <laughs> smoking a fake cigar, candy cigarette. a candy cigarette. Like, a candy
1: Seriously, I mean, she smokes cigarettes beautifully in this film. Oh, I know. I love it. Ugh. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I always liked Rachel Weisz.
2: Me too. I love her.
1: Uh, I have, do not have you seen about Brothers Bloom? As, have I seen...
2: Brothers Bloom? No. I not yeah, on my she...
1: queue because you told me to put it on my queue. So it's yeah. on there. Um, but I have not gotten to yet.
2: Mm, mm. She's so good in that. I like her a lot.
1: What did I like her in first? Oh, I liked her in The Mummy. <laughs>
2: I was just talking about The Mummy. Wait, she's in The Mummy? She's in The Mummy, in The Mummy and The Mummy too. Oh, I think, yeah, all right. I think I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. hi, Rachel. She's one of those actresses that I feel like um, is, uh, because we've said this about, I think I said this about with Kathleen Turner. Um, She, she, I never believe her to be dumb.
2: Mm -hmm. She
1: plays smart very well, because I feel like she's probably a very intelligent woman. So I just kind of instantly always like her because I feel like she's smart when she's acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she has an American accent, not so crazy about it. Oh, yeah, me neither.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, she she did in uh, Whistleblower, I think I said that, and I was well, like, that. Eh. Yeah.
1: She had one in, a, oh, God, the awful Neil... Well, every... That's... <laughs> what a redundant statement I just made. The awful Neil Lebute film.
2: Wait, which one is that? The
1: shape of Things.
2: Uh, it's just no, more know about, about
1: how, about how women are awful and, and make men things. They are. Oh, I mean, obviously. Um, and, you know, if anybody knows it, it's Neil Butte, But that's a, that's a story for another day. Uh, the, the only other note I had was, um, I don't, I'm torn about, other than the musical, I'm calling it musical sequences, there are sequences that are fairly musical, and they are wonderful. Mm-hmm. There is a, a very deliberate musical score.
2: It's, dare I say, it's almost Hitchcockian in some parts.
1: I could see that. The opening, uh, I had to check it because I was watching this movie. I'm like, I made a note. Wow, beautiful score. And then three minutes later, I made a note. The score is still going because the <laughs> first like seven minutes of this film is just violence. It just opens on a long sequence where it's just music, 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 music. And but isn't
2: it nice? It's beautiful. or do you hate it? Oh.
1: Well, the thing is, like, I love the music. The music itself, I would download and listen to when I'm pretending to be smart. But occasionally it felt a little heavy-handed. I can see that. Just because, because the thing about this movie is it's very sparse. It's, you, you know, you, there's not much fluff to it, and that's a good thing. And so you have these very, like, simple lines and exchanges that speak to, uh, like, a, a lot more and when it's kind of overpowered by really intense crescendos it for me was a little bit overbearing occasionally
2: mm-hmm. so was, i can like see that i
1: one negative of the movie i think
2: that's probably why i didn't note it as being like like amazing because it was a little bit mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah it's distracting occasionally which i mean it's it's a, it is a great score but it is not a great score because it's distracting it's great music mm-hmm. but not a great score i guess would be Proper term for that, uh, but that's about all I have
2: on it. Yeah, basically it for me. It's full of really good lines. It's got good performances. It's a great character study. I feel like each time it's rewatchable because each time I- you get something different from it. I could especially. Definitely... Oh, go. Ahead. Yeah. No. Go ahead.
1: Oh no oh, no because no. I, I only watched it at the one time. I could definitely see myself revisiting this in like a year or two mm-hmm. and seeing a lot more and I think understanding a lot more because yeah. it is because it is so simple that I, I have a feeling that there's, there's a lot, lot more symbolism that I might not have caught because the first time I'm watching it for the plot. Yeah. And I do feel like, yeah, if I would watch this again, just kind of knowing what's happening and can focus on some of these sequences and lines and relationships more, I think I'll actually see a lot more in it.
2: Yeah. if you if you choose to align yourself with different people throughout, you get different Ooh. things.
1: Yeah, um, that's a good way of looking at it. And I could see if you watch it from yeah the the different because thinking yeah. of it now, going back through, I feel like this scene, the, like the one of the first scenes with um, Hester and her mother-in-law. Oh, which, yeah, which we didn't even talk about very that. Very like awkward. Uh, her, you know, her mother-in-law is this very even old-fashioned by the 1950s Britain standard woman. And so when they have breakfast together, it's just, you know, painful for everybody involved. But I feel like watching it again, I may watch it very differently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll definitely want to see uh, how it fares on rewatch. All right. So I guess we grade it now, huh? Yes. Yes.
2: Um, For me, when I logged all my movies, because I keep track of the movies I watch, Mm. this actually jumped up. Side
1: question. What do you use for that?
2: I use two. <laughs> I'm such a dork. I use um, what I watch dot uh, net, and which is not an American site. And I also use Letterboxd. Do you have to have an indication of your Letterboxd? I don't know if you still do. If okay. you do, I'll send you one. You used to need one Okay, because I can't seem to um, get on it. So yeah, I yeah I log all my movies in two places because I'm a gigantic dork. Um, but this jumped up quite a bit when I when I um. Logged it in, like, multiple points so, okay. so so that's that's saying something, I guess Do you want me to go first? Sure, I'm thinking, still <laughs> um, My grade for the quality of the film Is going to be an 8.5 mm-hmm. <laughs> And my grade for quality of life Is also going to be an 8.5 Okay I, I, I think if I watched it again It might go higher But I, I could we're going to stay with 8.5 for now
1: um, I think on, on first viewing Quality of film for me is probably an 8 um, just, yeah, performances are all universally great. Um, it's a really good transition as far as play to screen. It never feels confined, which is always something very useful. It's funny because, it, um, at one point I even thought like, well, like I, I, cause at first I'm like, oh, this makes, I could see how, how this was a play because it's very, you know, it's just people in houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I, as it kept going, I'm like, wow, this in another way doesn't, cause so much of the film is just. Rachel Weiss's face and her silent acting. And it's, that's something that's harder to write as a play and harder to see on stage. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that transition was done really well. Um, quality of life made by the film, that's tough. Um, for now, I'm just gonna also stick with an eight because I, I enjoyed this movie. I actually enjoyed watching it far more than I expected to. to. Just because, again, I knew going in, I'm like, okay, this might be a little dry for me. This might, you know, there's probably not going to be any sharks. Um, <laughs> but I really did get wrapped up in the performances and in um, the kind of starkness of it. Uh, and these themes that were there but weren't hit you were hit over the head with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go
2: eight and eight. Awesome. I'm glad you liked it.
1: Yeah, no, I really did. Thank you for uh, making me watch it. Yay! We are going to take a little break. Yes. And when we come back, Christine.
2: We're gonna talk about sharks. Talk about sharks, motherfucking sharks! <laughs> oh my god, how is the, the shark movie longer than the Depression movie? Really? Yeah. Yes! Wow. Well, oh, well, we'll be back to talk about how long deep Lucy is in just a moment. Sharks.
1: Jeez, of oh. course it was longer.
2: Okay, we'll be back. <laughs>
0: Dublin's fair city Where the girls are so pretty I first set my eyes on Sweet Molly Malone As she wheeled her wheelbarrow Through the streets broad and narrow Crying cockles and mussels Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh crying cockles and muscles. Alive, alive, oh.
1: We are back to talk about Deep Blue
2: Lucy. Sea. Deep Blue Lucy, Sea, Nova.
1: Nova, because you don't fucking need a the.
2: No, you know, we know what you're talking about. We
1: have got super smart sharks. We don't need a the in this.
2: I'm glad if you, you're not going to ask me to synopsize, are you? Because uh, well, yes, I am. You literally, yes. you literally just took my synopsis. Super smart. Super smart, smart shark. Yes.
1: Super smart sharks super that can battle smart. Alzheimer's and eat lots of people.
2: I, right? It's hard to say. Super smart sharks like super
1: smart like, sharks.
2: Like repeat, like like she shells, she shells. Yeah, like, but, uh, I was
1: say, like that. Do you ever have to say it? But I'm like, wait, no, I've super said it like four times already. Last I know. Time. Now, did you see this movie when it came out in the theater in 1999? No.
2: Now I saw years it
1: ago,
2: oh God, I'm so old. um this is something that was always on cable yep so i I've seen this movie like fifteen billion times, um not recently though, so okay. I actually watched it hours ago because ah. Netflix is a jerk, and well, honestly, I feel like they did it to the breath I, and in and, and tell me if you've noticed this, and also gentle listeners, if you've noticed this, but if you start going through discs too fast, they fucking. They hold shit. They're like, nope, I'm not sending you another disc because you've been going through them too fast. <laughs> See, I, think- I, I get two discs at a time and I've been getting them both and I've been watching them like the day I get one and then the next day and sending them right back. And I swear they're starting to hold on to them. They're not sending them out as fast. And this took this took two extra days than it should have.
1: See, the only trick I have now is that um, in my old apartment, the mailbox outside of my door was an 8 a.m. pickup. Which was great because it meant, or it was like no, it was like a ten a.m. pickup. It meant in the morning I could always drop it off, and I knew it was like getting to the post office that day. And mm-hmm. now the mailbox outside is a three p.m. pickup, and I think that means I lose a day every time. Yeah, it doesn't that's get to the true. Post office until the next day or whatnot. So I do feel like it's been an extra day. So that's a pain.
2: I just think it's Netflix screwing with me, but maybe I'm Netflix
1: just screwing like with you. I thought after the second Bratz DVD was broken. I was thinking, like, no, somebody at Netflix is having fun. Somebody they at just don't design, want you to watch. This that. fucking bitch, renting the Bratz movie, thinking she's all that, uh, contributing to John Boyd's decline as a human being, and that they were like, fuck it, I'll just scratch your DVD. Like, is it just no,
2: they looked at your their viewing history, and they knew you were renting it for irony, and they didn't care for that.
1: I, that might have been the case, too. I don't know. But clearly, I mean, there's, the, the odds are too good. And that happened to me once before with Mulberry Street. Which is a very mm-hmm. different movie from Bratz the movie. So, I could see similarities. Yeah, maybe. But the same thing happened where I rented one disc, it was broken. The next disc came and it like kept skipping. So, I don't know, Netflix. You got some weird taste in movies. Uh, now, this movie, I, I bought the Blu-ray. I was very excited to do so. I have <laughs> not watched the commentary track yet. Uh, which I'm really excited to watch it because it's Rennie Harlan and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, man. There's no way that can't be a party.
2: You're right.
1: Uh, so, let's talk about Rennie Harlan, first off. Okay, go ahead. Well, Harlan, you know from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Yes, I do. Which is one of my favorites.
2: I'm gonna click on it and see what else I know him from, because I know I know him from other stuff.
1: Uh, he's kind of- he's a handsome man. Well, he's, a, he's pretty he's handsome. He's easily the best looking of the Nightmare on Elm Street directors, I would say. Uh, he a- was married to Gina Davis for a period of time. During that period of time, he made a movie with her. Do you know what movie he made with Gina Davis?
2: The long kiss, good night.
1: And he made another one with her. I don't know. I'm staring at his cue right now. One um, <laughs> of the biggest flops in Hollywood history. Cutthroat Island. Cutbert Island, yeah.
2: Really? Is that that
1: was a big flop? Oh, Cutthroat Island was. <laughs> you
2: need 90. to go. You need to go to his IMDb because <laughs> it has related lists, like you know how on and <laughs> best directors of all time. <laughs> with Hitchcock, I love when
1: they do things like that now um oh, but they also have him as worst directors ever uh he is also on a list that is for Shape <laughs> on you
2: with Brian Palma <laughs> this, uh, I, I this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I wonder if you just keep doing this now. What happens if I click on somebody else? so, so Listen, funny what
1: happens if I click on um on Rachel Vice, what, what 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 do I get? I get Link.
2: Let me know if you get that list that's like, um, <laughs> celebrities know. that people think are attractive, but I don't. That's, that's my favorite list. list. <laughs> 548 sexy pictures of beautiful mainstream actresses.
1: Right? That's a good list. But that, Okay, this is, God, I could do this all day. Um, Dream House, let's see what we get when I click on Dream House. It's
2: really fun.
1: Um, I get uh, a thousand movies you must see,
2: and I think if
1: there's capacity, a thousand of them
2: done. <laughs> that should
1: be is in the Greenhouse? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, Naomi Watts is also on the list of five hundred and forty-eight sexy pictures of beautiful mainstream actresses.
2: Well, she mean they they have to be mainstream actresses. That's true. So. Renny Harlan directed The Covenant. Why did I say it like that? What's wrong with me? Do you know that movie? No, I'm
1: distracted by reading comments on the list of 548 women. and I gotta get back. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I don't know The Covenant.
2: The Covenant. Oh, you know who's in The Covenant? I don't know. Um, Is it uh, one of the 548 sexy <laughs> mainstream actresses? No, it's, it's the very divisive Taylor Kitsch. Oh.
1: Oh.
2: oh. I have to. I've seen The Covenant. The Covenant was, I think, no, ninety six. No, not ninety six. Like, how old
1: was <laughs> Taylor Kitsch? I thought 2006.
2: he was like twenty. Two thousand six.
1: Two thousand six. Okay. it's two thousand. I was gonna say, it's, <laughs> my, I mean, my <laughs> I, so good, unless he's got the Johnny Depp aging thing.
2: I saw it when, it, like, right around the time it came out. Um, not in the theater, but like when it came out on DVD, and I don't remember anybody because I didn't know who any of these people were. Um, so I definitely want to watch it again now, even though it has a 4.9 rating. Am I spelling
1: it right? The Covenant. Um. Just sound it out like I did. The, uh, let's see, Renny Harlan, The Covenant, Mm so, Chase Crawford from Gossip Girl. Yeah, and Sebastian Sam. Stephen McHaddy from from Pondpool. Oh. Oh, I didn't even see his name. Four young men who belong to a supernatural legacy are forced to battle a fifth power. So ridiculous! Thought to have died out, another great force they must contend with is the jealousy and suspicion that threatens to tear them apart. Um, Ridiculous movie. It's not
2: good, but um, I remember it being funny, and now I know who half the actors are in it, so I'll look at it again. Okay then. So
1: that's for Annie Harlan. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he's he a guy. He seems
1: like a fun Sorry. dude. If you've watched the Nightmare on Elm Street um, documentary, the Never Sleep Again, the four-hour documentary. I actually have. You have? I have, yes. I remember him on it because he seems awesome. They talked about yeah, I... how like, he walked in and like, could barely speak English and was just like, I am directing a yeah. movie.
2: And they were like, no, I'm yeah.
1: not. And he was like, no, I direct movies." And they were like, yeah, okay, you're tall. So, okay, you're scary. We'll let you direct it. He seems like a fun dude. And he makes pretty fun movies. Um, Cliffhanger, also fun, I think. I haven't yes, seen it yes, I,
2: no, I I agree. It's fun.
1: Um, so Deep Blue Sea, uh, I saw in the movie theater, 1999. It came out. Now, one thing about the Blu-ray, about it, like, the movie doesn't, you know, I mean, it looks okay, but it looks as good as a movie made with a lot of CGI in 1999 would look. Oh, I know. Because, I mean, the sharks look terrible. Whenever sharks move... And in particular, um, when they eat Michael—spoiler alert—when they eat Michael Raffyport. Let's um, not talk about um, that because really it because I was laughing so hard, I was like, oh, "I want to see it again." because um, it, it's great. It's just—it's a wonderful little sight, and you should rewind it four times to, to get the most out of it.
2: Oh my! God. Something I
1: loved about this movie um, is that, and I, re- I distinctly remember going to see it in the theater and. It opens with a couple of, like, hot young teens on a boat having a party, and they fall in the water, and sharks are coming, and it's like, oh my god, the sharks are going to eat these few people, and then they don't. And I remember being pissed off when I was 17, not just because they didn't eat them, because I was like, oh shit, this movie is going to suck. Like, opening scene, they set up the shark attack, and they don't eat them. Mm -hmm. And... I kind of love that because it totally makes it that
2: much more surprising when you do start to eat people. I was gonna say I kind of liked that. That yeah. cause I forgot. I forgot how it how it opened, because um, like I said, it's been a long time, so I forgot the nuances, shall we say, of the film. And I was like, this film does, and I'll point them out as we go in, in order. But this film does three or four things very right okay. in the face of all the things it does wrong. Yes. Um, and that's one of them. The opening is something it does very right, and I is, thought it was what it very does interesting. Is
1: it th- it totally gives you, ends up making you expect to get a different movie than what you get. You mm. now think you're getting a PG-13, um, oh, the sharks, you know, they're going to eat some people, but you're not going to see anything. They're you're terrorizing know? them, you're but terror- people are yeah.
2: A uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: all the people you expect to live are going to live. Like, it just, it opens very conventionally, and that means once it starts getting bat chip, it's, it, bat chip, <laughs>
2: that is... somebody write that movie. That ship. <laughs> oh, oh, yes,
1: please. Um, but once that starts happening, it is that much more surprising. Mm-hmm. So that was I agree.
2: That I liked.
1: Uh, so we meet Saffron Burrows, who is a scientist.
2: Now, yeah. okay. Why do you say that? I just don't like that character. Why not? Because she's a she's she is a curse. no, because she's just she's single-minded and in, in the in like. Her, what she wants to do is just so much more important than everyone's life. What, it's she just wants, like ridiculous. what does she
1: want to do? Because she wants.
2: To she do wants something see, pretty noble. She wants. To, she wants to cure
1: something. What does she want to cure, Christine?
2: It's just like some kind of disease. What disease, Christine? I'm just okay. I'm just saying. I just didn't, and I feel like she was just like toying with the Thomas Jane character. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't. I was never endeared. I never found her endearing at all. I don't. And think I think. You're supposed to. Well, oh, good I never did Well
1: actually apparently um this is a kind of spoiler alert somewhat
2: and I didn't remember this fucking happened and this is like no- thing number 4 it does really the right. too, Brad Brad I was like oh God, this happened because <laughs> like at one point um Brad
1: had said something to make me realize he didn't know the ending of the movie and I was like mm-hmm, I, complete, that. I completely so, forgot yeah cuz the end this the movie uh, cuz we uh, let's we won't spoil the very ending but it ends with, in a, in a way that you would not have expected, especially as soon as you see the cast of characters, you kind of can figure out who's going to live, who's going to die. And that's a joke in it, too. Oh, completely. And, and the characters acknowledge it. Like, well, you're stronger, you're going to live. Well, you're white, so you're going to live. And it surprises <coughs> you at the end. I think some of that was was um, test audiences uh, not warming up to certain characters oh
2: <gasps> really that would be amazing
1: um but on the other hand too it's just it makes the movie so much better that because it, it ends not being conventional this yeah. came out in the 90s when studio movies were always conventional
2: mm-hmm. I, yeah that that really that like i said i i i'm not a fan of this movie like i don't think it's a good movie <laughs> but it's so much fun Right. But but the things that it does right yep. is they're so right. It's so right that you're like, oh my god yeah. somebody actually did this in like a mm-hmm. mainstream big budget wide release. Now with Santa Fran Burroughs, I have to say well, one thing, I think
1: she is not a warm actress. she I mean she has cheekbones that are sharper than Henry Silva's. Mm-hmm. She's very pointy. She is very um, she but the thing that I really like about her, and one of the things that I really liked watching in this movie, the end of the movie, I looked at him like, because I because I always felt this way, and I looked at Brad and I'm like, did you believe her as a scientist? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, and think about it. Did she wear a bun? No. Did she No, be- I, be- I, I No, I know. I believed her as a scientist and too. That's a yeah, good point. Like I was like something that I really you know didn't think of back then, but watching it this time, I was, I was like, I just believe that she is a scientist. I never have any reason to doubt that she, this woman is this character. She's mm-hmm. believable. She she seems intelligent. Yes, of course. Yeah, this is her character. And they didn't have to resort to any of the things that so many other movies would do, like giving like her constant, glasses.
2: Constantly being being in a lab coat or something exactly. ridiculous.
1: Like, it's just, no, like, that's just the way she is. And that made me really happy. And I think that elevated this movie by, like, five points for me at the end.
2: All right. Fair enough. That's true. Um. So, but I, mean, I also
1: always, because I really remembered the speech she gives about Alzheimer's in the beginning. Um, which is when she's kind of pitching like the whole thing is shark research because sharks sharks are don't have don't get brain disease, so they're able to like harvest their proteins. I don't. I kind of miss what I understood it to be. Um, they're able to if they can take like the protein from sharks brains, they can basically fight Alzheimer's disease. And mm-hmm. she has this kind of speech about you know her father had it and what it meant. And it you know I like I feel like it gives weight to the movie and uh, I, like. I don't know. I guess I thought this was a better movie the second time around than I probably ever gave it credit for Mm because I do feel like they, um, they establish why she is so invested in this and why she is still willing to put people's lives at risk once people start dying because, well, they're dead now. We might as well have it worth something. And even though you have other characters who are like, oh, no, death is worthless. It never means anything. It's like, Yeah, no, but if your wife gets Alzheimer's in 30 years, you'll be really thankful for the shark research. Uh,
2: You're right. Fine. (laughs) She's, she's great. Whatever.
1: I'm not not (laughs) trying to sway you that way. I'm just fine. We can agree to disagree. No, I just, I'm just like, yeah,
2: I'm just excited.
1: Well, one thing we cannot disagree on is that (gasps) Aida Turturro dances for 80% of her screen time in this movie.
2: I know, right? Really it's weird.
1: 10 minutes, and in and like eight of the 10 minutes, she's just dancing.
2: Yeah, and, and I looked away and she was gone. <laughs> and I was like, wait, where did she go? <laughs> and then somebody said, I can't believe we lost Brenda. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, who's Brenda? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I remembered. Oh, right. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, let's talk about one of the most upsetting things in the film. Okay, I love Stone Skarsgard. <laughs> Like I like legit oh, and am in love with yeah. him. He's so handsome, and he's handsome in this movie. In, in a there's
1: doctor way, yes. Oh my! Like, yeah. god uh, oh. you know, what's the first thing you when we meet him the first time? What is he doing?
2: I don't know. Being really Being. Oh fan fan of yeah. Of the ocean. Yeah, I just love him. I he, like yeah. He's just great. Um, but he there's so much gratuitous oh, Stell Skarsgård death. It's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> He, he gets maimed and killed. like, might have two mouths every time.
1: Any screen character in history of screen. Characters.
2: He just keeps showing up dead or dying
1: or getting mauled. Let's by. go through it. He gets his okay. So we're, we're this isn't really spoiling because he's the first death yeah. of the movie. It's 20 minutes into the thing. Yeah. He gets his arm eaten off. That's arm awesome. bit. Um, yeah. So then he is very hastily and messily hoisted into a stretcher. Wheeled out while there is a storm a brewing and water is no. flopping everywhere. He could just drown yet laying in that right in that just stretcher. getting
2: to the plane.
1: A helicopter comes and is lifting him up. Now, this on one hand looks like fun. If you've ever been like, I've always been like, ah, it looks like fun to be hoisted up in a. No, that's like fun. Except you're laying on a stretcher and you can't move because you're tied down and you're just swaying in the wind. Uh, and you also have one we'll like loss. So this is not fun. And then the plane crashes. So you fall into the water, uh, where you're probably drowning, but you're not drowned yet. Nope. You still have an oxygen mask on. Yuck. And at that point, the same motherfucking shark who bit your arm off uh-huh. uh, bites, because I'm assuming when he grabs the stretcher in his teeth, there's some residual bite marks. I would say so. smashes you up against glass. And while you, this is happening, you realize you're looking into the eye of the woman you love, knowing that your body is being used as a weapon to eventually... Eat her.
2: Oh, poor Stellan. Poor yeah, Stellan. I, I, I must have gone Stalin like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> Stellan! <laughs> I was so upset by that. Um. Yeah. Oh, Stalin.
1: Um. You know what else made me really happy though? What? Thomas Jane in this movie is the clumsiest hero I've seen in a long time.
2: He like slips and falls, he <laughs> falls and stuff the
1: entire movie. It's awesome. <laughs>
2: That is pretty cool. I did notice that a few times. Like,
1: I don't know if it was, I'm sure, like, the set was probably wet and slippery. But I wonder if it was just, like, he would do it, and then they'd be like, Oh, should we reshoot that? No. You know what? Let's keep it in. Oh, it looks really convincing. And and it actually does, like, because, I mean, well, let's face it. If either of us were in this situation, A, we'd already be dead, but be like I. Just, I mean, I would. Sl- I wouldn't be able to like, move anywhere. I would just constantly be slipping.
2: <laughs>
1: but yeah, I really like that he keeps
2: falling. It, it, I, I noticed that too. I, 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 maybe it was just like he was like so into the character it's that like cool. he was just like throwing himself around, like <laughs> injuries be damned, that he just kept sliding and stuff. Uh, we should point out, in case
1: again, I assume most of our listeners are also gentlemen. Gentlemen's Guide listeners. But if you're not um, the gentleman guide to midnight cinema did an interview with Thomas Jane that made me fall in love with the man. He's a and nice guy. He just it came across as such a nice guy and like
2: a just us.
1: cool film guy and everything. So if you haven't listened to it go to GGMC and listen to the Thomas Jane interview. It is quite worthwhile. Um, so let's see. So now we've got a storm of bruin we got uh, this is what's great about this movie because you've got like now you've got sharks and you've got a storm and you've got fire.
2: Well, the storm, like, it doesn't really come into play much after well, the initial helicopter accident. incident. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they can't get out now. And there's also fire burning everywhere. Which is neat. Yeah, I like that. I remember liking that a lot when I first saw it. I was like, that's interesting. Visually, it's interesting. Yeah. I will say that. There are some very nice visual flourishes in this film. Yeah. And in, in, in that, in when they're going in that, like, shaft going up the ladder. Oh,
1: yeah it looks really cool. Because oh. above them is fire, below them are sharks. Sharks! In between is drowning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really like that the blonde in the movie, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's uh, girlfriend, just the uh, hatred she has for
2: Saffron Burrows. Right? I was, I was totally into that, too.
1: Like every, after um, Stellan Skarsgård's eventual death, uh, we didn't oh, know. He could have floated up and still been alive. That's what I'm saying. He could have died of, um, which word? Of blood loss, of, like, abandonment or something. But, like, after that, every single time the blonde says anything to Saffron Rose, it's like, you bitch. Yeah. It's, it's over and over again, and it's great. Um, and then eventually, we get side, you know, because we've got kind of two stories going on. So we've got no, we have
2: things. two, we have two movies going on. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, we, we're talking a lot about the main
2: movie what's the other movie and who started the other it? the other movie is that is about a wacky chef played <laughs> play by LL Cool J um sidekick is, sidekick is a, is a, a profanity spewing parrot <laughs> also he's like you've got a big butt like he's not really like calling people no he said like asshole yeah, and yeah. stuff can, it was in these moments with LL Cool J, because LL Cool J is just, like, ambling around this place by himself. It's in these moments where I was like, holy shit, this is, this is Jurassic Park with sharks.
1: Oh, yes.
2: It really is.
1: because yeah, Ju- The way he has to hide in the stove and, it's, and
2: like, creeping around. It really is. And, Jurassic Park. swim sharks, which makes no sense. No them. sense at all. Jurassic Park was a 93, right? Yes. Okay, because I know on nice. show show, Katie on show show uses Jurassic Park as the the, the uh, measurement for everything. <laughs> Did it come out before or after? So now that's burned into my brain. So this was, this was a lot, like, a long time after Jurassic Park. So I think that there are some...
1: You've got over-ambitious scientists toying with nature. It
2: really is. It's very, very much so. And I... You've
1: got Samuel L.
2: Jackson. Right. I don't... The, there's a lot to be said about Samuel L. Jackson, but before, before we get Let's to that...
1: Let's talk about
2: LL Cool J. LL Cool J, J, yes. He eventually does meet back up with the team, but there's a lot of time spent just kind of by himself. And it, it feels like, like a completely different film. And, kind of like, you really wonder um, what
1: was improv and what wasn't? Like, do you, do you think they were like, okay, LL, just go with it. Do we do
2: what you're going to do? Because there wasn't a scripted. There's a lot of mumbling, like under his breath and like yes. I can't imagine that every bit of that was scripted. It would be hard to believe. Who knows though? When, maybe once you read when, once you listen to the commentary you'll know. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to watch to do that yet, but I will, don't you worry. Um so okay, so that's uh oh and <laughs> what is that little cool Jay's name in the movie? Or preacher. calls him preacher. And
2: then It's there's a lot of religious like over.
1: what do they call him?
2: Do they call him Preach?
1: They call him Preach.
2: <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> I think it's great.
1: Um, there is now, so that's that's the bulk of LL Cool J. Back with the um, Scooby gang over in, uh, you know, fire and Waterland. land. Uh, there's kind of a really cute romance that develops between Thomas Jane and Michael Rappaport.
2: Mm, so cute. And he's
1: kind of, I kind of find it adorable.
2: His favorite, favorite part of the whole thing, really. Well, my favorite Michael Rappaport performance, to be sure. Oh, no, have you seen Special? No. Oh, you need see that. I love him. I think he's a hard great.
1: Because I feel like he's, he's probably such an asshole in real life. Really? Yeah, I kind of get that vibe. And I remember, um, this is weird. He wrote an article for Elle or Cosmo or like one of those women's magazines about how Natasha Leone was his tenant and how she went crazy. Hmm. Do you know anything about this?
2: No, but that seems kind of weird.
1: Basically, like, I don't know what prompted him to write this article, but the article was about how he used to be really good friends with Natasha Mm Leone. and everybody knows she kind of went crazy and did drugs and, you know, now looks scary. Um, But it's like, I guess she was, like, renting his apartment, and then she was kind of a, like a slum tenant and was squatting and wasn't paying and stuff. But it's like this whole article about it that he wrote. So I just I don't know what to make of that. But it, it always just seemed sour, Gracie. Yeah, this is kind of weird. Yeah, I didn't know. About that. So I just always get bad vibes <laughs> from him. But I like him in some things. And in this, like, it's I don't know. It's really cute because you can tell he's totally in love with Thomas Jane. Yeah, that's really sweet. I, mean, I would be too. that the dude saving everybody's life and being badass.
2: Yeah, he's pretty charming. Yeah. Uh,
1: the uh I, I, now we haven't really talked about samuel l jackson
2: okay we should we should first i want to pose this question okay. do you think last year last year was it last year i guess yeah like early last year when samuel l jackson shows up on the set of the avengers and is is placed into a scene with stelton scars guard do you think they discussed this movie <laughs> <laughs> like remember that time we were in deep blue sea oh, yeah, together. Remember that time the shark ate your arm off. Oh, yeah. do, you, do you think that that happened? Do you think that there was any? <laughs> like the, these, are, if I ever got in front of Scarlett Scott's guard, that's the fucking type of shit I would ask. Feel like okay. like Samuel Jackson and did Avengers. Did you talk about deep yeah. Did you guys talk about the shark movie? I don't know. That that was just... I forgot that Stone was in this, and I was super excited, and I was like, oh, there's there's going to be, like, a big Avengers, you know, connection for the next show. How fun. And then I was like, wait a second. I wonder if they talked about this movie. <laughs> but who who knows? Probably not. Um, but Samuel Jackson, I feel like he, his line delivery in this was a little bizarre at some point.
1: My, I remember... Um, dis- like, it's funny. You say that, yeah. Because I can remember uh, 13 years ago, which is really the last time I watched this movie. I really haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. I can remember his delivery of certain lines. Like mm-hmm. when he's like trying to make a fantasy island joke. Yeah. He's like, the plane, the plane. Like, like I remember things like that. Because I remember, because he's, because um, I mean this movie was 99. At this point Samuel L. Jackson was still pretty much only playing cool dudes. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's not a cool dude. Like, he's a rich investor uh, who has, like, a, a good story and a great monologue. But for most of the movie, like, he's wearing a, he's wearing a um, collared shirt under a sweater.
2: Oh, he's so cute, yeah. That's
1: <laughs> his wardrobe for the movie. So it does feel, he feels very misplaced. Um, there was something in the IMDb trivia, and I don't know how accurate it was, that supposedly he was originally cast as, it, he was supposed to be LL Cool J's part. That's kind of and funny. if like That's true. I don't want to play the shaft. They were like, "Okay, you'll play the investor." I don't know if it's true. It's amusing to think of this movie with him in that part instead.
2: Even more amusing if you then put LL Cool J in the same. And movie. yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I can picture Sam Jackson yelling at a parrot.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, they should remake it where they do that. Um, so yeah, Samuel Jackson is—he's—I won't say he's phoning it in. I think there's just something about him in this movie where he, I don't know. It's like he doesn't really care, but he's having fun. So it just doesn't feel believable, but eh, it's fine because it's Samuel L. Jackson talking about sharks. And of course, um, we won't
2: spoil it. Oh, come on. Okay, fine. So
1: we're going to spoil something about the movie. It happens... Oh. Actually, it, it happens much further in than I remembered it happening. It, it Me too. An hour into the movie when it happens.
2: Me too. I um, thought it was a lot sooner. An
1: hour into the movie, Samuel Jackson gives a rousing
2: speech. Which is much better than I remember.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a cool... Because the whole... Uh, his history, his character, is that he is kind of famous because he was in a plane crash with a couple of other dudes in an avalanche, and they survived, at, like, for a week, and, like... You know, so it was this really dramatic survival story. So he gives a speech about how, like, yes, like rallying like, troops,
2: man. Like, we
1: survived, but the, but the avalanche didn't kill all of us. Like, said yeah, we killed each other. Yeah, and he doesn't come out and say it. Like, it's just kind of this very quick statement of like, man, come, man, man is our worst enemy. So we have to stick together. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna fucking eaten by a shark.
2: Yup. Yeah. Um, and that again, that's like thing number three that this film does really well. Like, that was awesome. And
1: that is the thing that most people remember about this movie, is they remember Samuel L. Jackson getting eaten by a shark. Because it is still, and still, and I don't remember when this movie came out if, it, like, he was top billed or not, but, it like, if you were watching a movie in 1999 with Thomas Jane as Saffron Burroughs, an LLJ and Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. You were not expecting Samuel L. Jackson to be the second person to die no, in the film. No, not like, like that. No, either. certainly not like that. And it is just the—it's. I mean, it's the highlight of the film. It's the moment where you like kind of sit back and nod. You're like, "All right, I'm in." I don't. Care. And it's—it's it's such a ballsy on. move. Yeah. And it's—I mean, it's still good from there on because from that point on, okay, now you've got what six people left, and four of them are going to get eaten by sharks. So. Mm-hmm. It's you know it still has plenty to offer after that, but once it hits that peak, you're like, okay, yeah, you have you the, you've proven you have balls, so let's see what you do. Uh, this movie also f- featured what might be the best um, excuse for a gratuitous underwear shot.
2: Oh, it took me a minute. I don't know why I couldn't. Cause yes. that's the other
1: thing many people remember about this movie is that yes. from Burrows is that yep. at one point running around in her underwear.
2: Yeah. But she's doing it because her rubber suit will ground her when she electrocutes the motherfucking jerk. It's true, and I was making muffins at that point. So I'm sorry that I missed her in her underwear. What kind of muffins? Um, gluten free apple muffins.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. What do you use instead of flour to get the gluten?
2: It's um it's a mix but I believe it's like um potato and flour and rice flour. Interesting. Yeah. Um
1: I have a feeling Saffron Rose does not eat many muffins
2: because she was so thin Very and felt yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we know not all of us have to run around in our underwear in a shark movie. Hey, so well, some of us can eat me. muffins.
1: Believe me, I hear you. <laughs> um so yeah so there's more people getting eaten by sharks uh the sharks are either c g i or animatronic and when they're c g i they look silly, but it's so bad yeah They're kind of cute um and when they're real they're they're well they're n- apparently never i don't think they used any actual sharks in the movie um this was probably a very difficult movie to make the d v d does include an extra that's like a forty five minute long making of. And they show like the entire orchestra recording the music, so it feels really classy that way. Oh, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently, what else I could say about it other than motherfucking sharks eating people?
2: Uh, I don't know what. What else is there also, to say? About what are it? you? I
1: feel like you're harder <laughs> on this movie
2: than I am. What are you? I just don't have it? as much fun with it, I think, as you do.
1: Okay. What ah. is it, does it take you long to get to the sharks?
2: Um, I just, I just think once it gets to the sharks, it's not really as... Like, it's not that fun? I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like it's, like, an, exor- it's an exercise in foreshadowing. Like, I fucking hate <laughs> heavy-handed foreshadowing. Ugh. Um, like I said, th- there's enough of those big elements, those big, surprising, like, the people who make it out at the end. Right. Interesting. The, you know, the way Stellan Garsgård dies 14 times interesting <laughs> there's certain things about that that's really hero show enough for dance moves interesting like there's certain things that happen and that are just like unexpected because this is such a like a, a by the books kind it of like, like jurassic you should, yeah. park with sharks exactly and in it kind of and i think the fact that it's so jurassic parky with sharks bums me out when all these other things are happening now there's three writers credited on this and i notice that I actually watched for it when, when the film ended. And I don't know, maybe that has something to do well, with
1: it. Well, it almost feels like... Um, I think there were originally probably more writers on the film. Unless I'm confusing, it was something else that I watched recently. Because I know there was something else I watched where I was trying to figure... And it was like had a whole lot more writers, but only a few of them got credited. Um, Let me see. Do... do production inspired by a shark attack uh filmed in mexico um yeah we're into wikipedia samuel jackson was initially offered the role of that little cool j plays but his management didn't like the idea of him playing the role of a chef Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like the idea that like no samuel mr jackson does not play chefs
2: so weird um, yeah, I can't even imagine that. I just like I I've, I've seen it so many times on cable and stuff. I mean, it's not it's not a terrible movie and it is it is fun, but it's not fun enough to to be like for me to excuse what I find boring about it and okay. it's not like crazy so you're bored
1: enough by the um like the shark hunting after the initial attack
2: essentially. Um I guess, I don't know, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't find the, the, the overall plot to be that interesting, it's like, okay. like, everybody's getting picked off what I want, it's, it's very, very predictable, yeah. like I said, even in the face of those few interesting things, okay. it is still very much what you expect, okay. even though those things punctuate it in an interesting way. Um. I can, I can buy that. Yes, I mean it's not amazing. It's very for me. It's very average. Now, it's not amazing, but okay. it's not terrible. Can you be honest about something? Is it yeah. did
1: you lose your interest after the parrot died?
2: Oh, I, f- I forgot that the parrot was going to die. I thought he made it to the end for some reason. <laughs> I was rooting for the parrot. Um, and this and oh, this is what I wanted to check. I should have checked it before we were on the air. Sorry, everyone.
1: Um, Checking to see if the parrot who played the parrot also played the parrot in Polly. Is that what you're no.
2: Saying? How No, The Pirate isn't credited. I checked But Halloween Halloween H2O came out (laughs) the year before. Now, Halloween H2O I saw in the theater. Halloween H2O I've seen an embarrassing amount of times. I can quote dialogue from that movie. Um,
1: I I do not care for Halloween H2O. I love Halloween H2O. I feel if you want to talk standard movie of its time, confined by studio expectations and audience expectations, you're talking Halloween H2O. Oh, who are we going to kill? None of the people that are mildly uh, likable. Oh, but didn't that character that we like die? No, he got shot in the head, but he's okay.
2: But that's We're the thing. This, this started the trend of wait a second. I thought LL Cool J died. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> this was 98. And then, and then I, I definitely saw um, Deep Blue Sea soon after it came out because then I was like, wait a second. It's happening people again. J. J. again in movies. And and then, I have to check, I, I should have done this before, sorry guys, and then 2002, so like two years later, he's in Rollerball. Do you remember Rollerball? Um, yeah. I have
1: not seen the remake.
2: I've yeah, you don't it. remember it, because nobody should have <laughs> saw it, but this girl saw it in the theater. In that movie, which has a 2.9 rating on IMDb. In that movie, LL Cool J dies, and guess what? He doesn't come back. No. And the whole time, I was like, no, LL Cool is going to come back. I and think anymore. that's a
1: real movie, quite frankly.
2: Rollerball is Chris Klein and Jean Renault. I remember
1: what you're talking about. but if LL Cool J actually died. It's not a real movie.
2: No. Oh, my God. Do you know who's in this movie? Um, Saeed from The Maltz is not it. I didn't oh. realize that. Naveen, huh. Naveen Andrews? Yeah, I will watch this again because of that. <laughs> But it's no, I know it's a terrible movie. But I've been I've been programmed to believe that LL Colge's characters don't die. live, yeah. See the um the Rollerball
1: was disappointing because I think it's a movie that could benefit from a remake because the oh, original absolutely. has every idea, but is kind of meh. Yeah. And I haven't seen the remake because everybody was like, "No, it's really bad." I'm like, "But is it bad terrible. in a way I'll like it." And they're like, "No, it's just bad." But
2: it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was it was in that that, that little you know. Um, period where Cool J was like being like did he total danger in movies oh. yeah oh, I love El Cool J as an actor I really do
1: he's just so likable. Mm. like he's just I mean he you know maybe the guy is not gonna do Shakespeare but you're just always going to like him it's going to be hard to ever really root against him in a movie and now yeah. that I found I didn't know this he's from Bayshore which is a town in Long Island not that far from me uh, I didn't know he was a Long Island boy so now so you like him, now, you now I like even because
2: I have seen a shocking amount of LL Cool J movies <laughs> like the last Hol- of cool last holiday with Queen Latifah, love that movie okay. um, SWAT love that movie, Deliver Us from Eva great movie <laughs> Charlie's Angels, Rollerball Any Given Sunday come on, Deep Blue Sea Halloween H2O
1: I don't remember him on Oz
2: toys oh my god we have to cover toys sorry i shouldn't this... cover toys
1: just toys. Toys... <laughs> toys is a funny one <laughs> toys is one of my dad's favorite movies
2: oh, i love that fucking movie and he's
1: yeah oh. he never understands why nobody else likes it and
2: i like i, I like things about it but i don't, don't know that i like them. i haven't, i haven't seen it as an adult to be honest with you okay. I, I but i distinctly remember loving ella holger maybe this is the, the he's really the lovable source. and he's just a lovable guy the source of why i love him so much yeah I would say I've seen 70% of El Cool J's come on that's bizarre. Weird. Well. Oh, Jamie Foxx is in Toys, too. Yeah, who is he in Toys? Doing it, I don't know. Baker? I don't remember.
1: See, Jamie Foxx, though, has the flip. Jamie Foxx, I find incredibly unlikable.
2: Yeah, me too. Because
1: he's got that little rat face, whereas El Cool J has
2: a big happy apple face. Yeah, well, then you just want to give him hugs. All right, well, I have nothing else to say about this movie. I'm sorry about my tangent. I we are talking out. about rollerball.
1: Um, okay, so, oh, I guess I should go first this time? Yes, go first. Okay, quality of <coughs> movie. I, I am aware that this is not a great movie. You
2: don't have to explain away anything. No, I
1: know. Um, but again, I think it is better than average because just for the fact that it has balls to be, to not be average and to take chances... Um, I'm going to go for quality of film. I'm going to go 6.75. And my enjoyment of the movie is obviously much higher because it just it's one of those dumb movies that I can just put on an A-point and be happy because I know eventually sharks are going to come eat people. So, I mean, for me, enjoyment in life and the fact that I don't know that it really made changes in the industry, mm-hmm. but I like that it kind of set a bar as far as if you really want to be a little more badass with your studio of a film, kill Samuel L. Jackson an hour into the movie. Like, take these kinds of chances. Like, don't let the person you expect to live, live. Like, And for that alone, I just enjoy it and want to use it as an example
2: that other movies should follow. So
1: for quality of life and enjoyment, I'm going to go 8.75.
2: Wow, that's very high. Good for you, though. I think you should. Um, Quality of film, I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it a 6.5 just because of those things that i said i liked um quality of life i'm gonna give it like a six <laughs> i'm not wild about this movie but I, I like like i really like the things that they did that were different
1: yeah and the chances and
2: they should they took some chances um and that i think for me if that if those certain elements weren't there it would be nearly unwatchable
1: okay i could say
2: oh yeah if if
1: you took out the um, Samuel L. Jackson thing and the ending, if you change the ending by one character, this would feel like a very standard film. Yeah. It would feel like... Um, i trying to think of what to compare it to. Uh, um, uh, like it, like a sort of uh, deep impact type movie where it mm-hmm. yep. you know, threatens you with all these, <clears throat> oh, the world's ending and this, but then it ends up... Nah, d- not really. Um, but I feel like it... it, it Makes promises, and it holds up to them. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, before we talk about next week, we're going to close this out with some uh, picks for Netflix's Instant, aren't we? Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are you going <laughs> to recommend the fine people watch on Netflix?
2: My Netflix Instant recommend is um, Jeff Who Lives at Home.
1: I have heard much of this movie. I have not seen it.
2: Okay, so I am officially like I love the, the Duplass brothers now. Like between this and Safety Not Guaranteed, which was Mark, I think. Okay. Um, th- and there are other movies that are on instant watch that I have to have to watch, but this movie surprised me. Have you do Baghead, or am I thinking of something? Yes. See, I hated Baghead, though. Okay. See, I still haven't seen it. Okay. Um, I've heard so many negative things about it. Um, but I heard a lot of negative things about this movie too, and. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was touching. It made me cry like a maniac. Nope. Um, which is now uh, I guess what happens when I watch their movies. <laughs> um, yeah, the baghead, right?
1: I think they did. Because it was like, I, whole really, I don't so too. thing. now I
2: see it. I know hump day, but, but that's not what we're talking about.
1: Um, I don't want
2: to sound Let's stupid. <laughs> I don't want to sound stupid on the, on the podcast. Baghead. Um, no, maybe it's Hump Day. No, maybe it is back. No, it is. It is. It is back. Uh, yes,
1: it was. Yeah, they did back. I have not seen that. Okay.
2: But, um, yeah, either, I can see why people, why it doesn't, these films wouldn't appeal. Oh, shit. That reminded me. I forgot to write this down. We didn't talk about Bellflower. Ugh. Go ahead if you want. It
1: made me want to poke my eyes out with flowers. Right? Oh, Man, yeah.
2: I don't know about that fucking movie.
1: Anyway, I just had to throw it out there. I would have felt really missing my duties
2: if I didn't. Oh, I have something to talk about, too. Uh, so, so, um,
1: this is our I, rant section.
2: I know I like to, I like to recommend movies to my mom. Okay. And I'm very careful with what I recommend to her. Like, um,
1: you don't give her the granny porn.
2: No. Well, sometimes like I wouldn't recommend the deep blue sea to my mom. Because I recommend
1: deep blue sea.
2: Oh, she's seen that. I oh. think. But um, there are certain movies that, like, I'll see and I'll be like, my mom would really like this, but she might not seek it out. Um, but I kept talking about Atonement, <laughs> clearly because my life revolves around that film. Um, and I kept talking about it and I kept telling, saying to her, you won't like it. Don't watch it. It's not your kind of movie. Don't watch it. Um, so she watched it. So, so I said to her, so actually halfway through, she texts me. She's like, please tell me nothing bad is going to happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you are I, was like daughter. I was like, mama, I don't think I can tell you that she's like, don't do this to me. I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything to you. So it's over. And she just texts me like an ellipses, And I was like, okay, so I call her and I was like, did you like it? And she's like, that stupid bitch. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding you. She couldn't. I was like, well, what did you what did you think of this and this and this? And she's she could not get past
1: that stupid
2: bitch. She couldn't get past it. She's like, how dare she? <laughs> I was like, wow. That was my reaction, too. And then she's just like, his sweet little face. I didn't want anything bad to happen to him. <laughs> so, that <made> my day. <laughs> so that was my mom's reaction to atonement. Um pretty much identical to your reaction. To and she said it made her crazy depressed. Oh, and, funny. um... I said, you cry? She said, oh, I got teared up at the end when they're walking on the beach. And I said, I didn't even see them walking on the beach because I was blinded by my sorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she liked it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my little bit of information. I wanted to put it up on the Facebook page, but I kept forgetting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> so what does your Netflix recommend, my lady? Um,
1: I'm going to go with a movie that uh, came up in conversation with somebody recently that is only an instant watch, it is not a disc rental, it's a save. Mm -hmm. Um, Now there have been many, in the pantheon of Saturday Night Live movies, there have been many, uh, (laughs) most of which have been box office failures and critical failures. This movie that I'm going to recommend was one of them, however it's actually a really good movie. And that is Stuart Saves His Family. Oh really? (laughs) Yes! It uh, is based on, it's Al Franken's character of Stuart Smalley, who is the self-help kind of, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And the movie it's essentially about a dysfunctional family. It's Stewart is his mother is an overcooker and overeater. His father and mother are alcoholics. And it's so it's much darker than you would expect for this kind of movie.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's
1: it's it is a comedy. It's kind of, you could probably call it a just call it a black comedy in a lot of ways, because it's about, you know, family turmoil and alcoholism. Um but it's funny. And it it's I mean, it got panned when it came out. And, and the biggest part probably was people just weren't... didn't expect this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Because it has a very strange tone. Because it is about addiction, but it's making jokes, obviously, about it. You have a really good performance from a young Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, sold. He plays his, He is Stewart's brother, who is an alcoholic. Um, and it's, it's just the kind of movie that I think if you watch it now, um, letting go of thinking that you were watching a Saturday Night Live sketch as a movie... I think you'd be really surprised at what you'd find. Um, My my brother, who's a a drug counselor, said he used to. It's one of the movies that like they used to watch with um, like with groups because it is a good movie about addiction in some ways. Uh, So it's you know it is worth a gander. I think I will
2: definitely look at that. That is very interesting.
1: Uh, and now we're going to talk about our next show.
2: <laughs> yes. What's our next show? It's
1: really exciting because, first of all,
2: neither of us know what the other
1: one picked, for one thing. No. Now, Christine said, what did you want to do?
2: Um, I said, hey, Emily, I'm really sorry that I keep dictating the themes of these shows. But... I said,
1: that's cool. I'm too lazy to do it."
2: But what do you think about doing something about, like chick flicks or romantic comedies or the things that people would expect Uh that women watch.
1: And I got so excited that I was Googling today, like, all different, I was both looking at, because immediately I thought of, like, I started rambling off a whole list of movies to me that are, like, alternate chick flicks that could be considered chick flicks, but Mm -hmm. really, like, nobody would call Volver, for example, a chick flick but why wouldn't they if you want to give it the same definition that you usually assign to chick flicks Mm -hmm. um and then i started just i got kind of curious today and i'm like what happens if i just do the yahoo google search chick like best chick flicks what do i find and it's hilarious the results you get because you get like every list you get is either all of the standard ones you expect or it's a list about how like well these are some alternative chick flicks and it started getting me really angry and this is why I'm really excited about our next show because I just want to spend a lot of time talking about. Oh, awesome! Like, I'm excited what? there too. Like, <laughs> what what the fuck is a chick flick, and why are you calling this movie it? And because mm-hmm. the more I kind of look into it, the more it pissed me off. Um. So, with that being said, I picked a movie that, um, how to say it? I feel like most people would look at the title and the cover and be like, "Oh, it's a chick flick. And I don't want to watch it." Purely because it is about two women, primarily.
2: Okay, I'm excited. Okay,
1: so the movie I picked is a comedy from the late 1980s starring Bette Midler and... (gasps) (gasps) I picked, let's do Outrageous Fortune.
2: Oh, so fun. Have you seen it? No, but I've always wanted to.
1: Uh, It was one of those (laughs) things I watched as a kid all the time because it was always on HBO. I haven't seen it probably in 20 years. Um, I have no idea how, how well it holds up, but I'm, I'm, A, I'm just curious to rewatch it and really want you to see it, and also, I just want to, you know, I don't think, it, to me, that movie is, is not a chick flick, but that's why I want to say, what. well, okay, what what is one? Is there such mm. a thing? So what did you pick?
2: Okay, so <laughs> I had ulterior motives, because okay. there's, a, there's a movie that I really want to talk about, um, that I've wanted to talk about, that I think... Is interesting and a bit subversive, Ooh. and people didn't really give it the credit it was due okay. when it came out, which was less than a year ago. Ooh, okay. um, <laughs> um, also... If it's Bellflower, it, I will kill you. It's not Bellflower. Also, its writer, or one of its writers, I don't know if it had multiple writers, um, is involved in the X-Men franchise like as a whole, all four movies now, um, five movies soon. But I think that it's written interestingly, and I think that it's developed interestingly, and I think that it was marketed incorrectly, and that is 2012's This Means War, <laughs> starring, oh, wow. starring Chris Pine, Tom Hardy, and uh, Reese Witherspoon. And, wow, okay. Um, I saw this movie because I like to look at Tom Hardy, and I was fucking surprised, so. wow. Um, (laughs) Did I shock you? That is shocking. That is so not what I thought you were going with. Um, I think this is a very interesting film, and I think that it is, it's very odd that it was written by, there are no, creatively, there doesn't appear to be any women involved, yet it, it says very bold things about females. Okay. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. Woo! Hands and, in the middle and, and Till Schweiger's in it, so you'll love that. Who is? <laughs> Till? Till Schweiger Schwager? Schwager. Means. Till! Um, you know he's in other things, but in Bastards. Who is he in uh Inglorious Bastards? It. Till Schwiger. Don't fucking put me on I can't um hands Landa No, no, why did oh, I say that? Why did I say the, that? Why did you say that the the angry? Yes, one that yes, I, that why is my like, doing okay. oh, a crush on? Oh hello. Wait, 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 no, not yes, yes, Wait, no, was no, the, the no. German who. Um... Stiglets, Stiglitz! Why couldn't I think of Stiglitz? his name? Stiglets, right? right. Why yeah, did... That's embarrassing. Um, Can we? That out? Own way. No, am you not know talk... edit. What are you talking about? Let's edit that out. But also, he's in Far Cry. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, so hopefully, this isn't this doesn't blow up in my face picking this movie. <laughs> okay,
1: well, let's let's see. Let's see. All right. So the next time we meet, we will be talking about Outrageous Fortune, and this means war.
2: I can't and, wait And
1: we will be giving a significant discussion to Chick Flick So I'm going to post something about it on the Facebook group So we can kind of get, get some discussion going there Yes So visit us on Facebook at, I don't know, wherever we are there the Feminine Critique, um, feminine critique. Uh, Follow us on Twitter when one of us remembers to tweet
2: Yep um, Feminine Podcast on Twitter
1: uh, If you need to reach us personally You um,
2: can email The Feminine Critique at Yahoo.com I remember that
1: uh, so, and if you also, Christine, is there or not a new issue of Paracinema?
2: There is a new issue of Paracinema, and I personally would appreciate it if you bought one, and I'll kiss it. I'll go Ooh. and put it in an envelope. Uh, um,
1: where would they go to order such a thing?
2: Paracinema.net. Um, the new cover is The Dark Crystal, and I actually wrote that article, so... I'm excited. You can read shit that came out of my brain.
1: Very nice, very nice. Um, if you want to read shit that comes out of my brain, you can go do DeadlyDolls.com. do. And, and you do.
2: You totally do. I
1: mean, uh, hey guys, in like a month, that Bratz review is going to be online. So, just saying. <laughs> yes. I personally can't wait. I can't either. Um, so until we meet again. Um, bye. I I would I wish I could, I knew any <laughs> of local Jay's rap, because I would end on that. Oh, but
2: deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark fin. Deepest, bluest. Yeah. Is it
1: my hat or my head?
2: I thought it was my hat.
1: Why? I don't
2: get I it. already fucked up Hugo Stiglitz. I don't need to fuck I, up Leo Stiglitz.
1: When, when we were listening to it, because of course I listened through the end credits, I realized I couldn't tell and I turned the subtitles on. They weren't subtitling the music. and uh, oh, I think I don't it know says
2: what it is. my head. Who the fuck knows? Neither one of them hey, makes It makes
1: sense. more sense, because hat sounds kind of stupid. Because so your hat sounds a shark, <laughs> and all you have to do is take your hat off, and you ain't no shark no
2: more. If you Google it, both ver- both things come up, hat and head. And it, it, you can't even be like, oh, one was a radio edition. Well, one... It's not like one makes more sense than the other, either. No, they both are kind of dumb, actually. <laughs> Ugh. Now I'm just... It's a great song. I'm breaking my grade down. The movie's a four. No. That wow. song is alone, I forgot about the song. My new score is a ten.
1: Okay. Well, average <laughs> it out and average to a... to a, um... Uh, I can't do math. Something. 8.6. All right. All right
2: folks. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. My hat is like a shark. head deep as blue as my hat is like a shark spin. Deepest blue is my is like a shark fin, Yeah, blue as my is like a shark spin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark fin, Deep yeah, is blue as my hat is like a shark fin, Deep is like blue, like as my, like my, like my hat is like a shark spin. Man-made terror, hundred jaws of death. Battle oh. cross my attempts, I pause your breath. I clawed you to sink down forty thousand leagues, oh. bleeding to death with no arms or short sleeves. With a right hand, clinging to a rail, escape, but tips fail. fair. You never make it home, tear the flesh off your bone. Walking in undercurrents is a dangerous zone. I'm talking death out of moments, notice. You wasn't focused. Me and my crew strike like some underwater locusts. Oh. Deepest blue is my hand, is like a shark's face. Oh. Deepest blue is my hand, is like a shark's face. A side scarf, fish that glow in the dark, a Titanic's heart. Underwater storms, your blood is so warm, your life vests off in that turn yard. Killer for centuries, the god of the deep. In the next millennium, I'm still going to creep. Standing under my belly, ocean over my head. through the light and the shadows, you will come to the deepest blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue as my hat is like a shark's fin.